Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Wednesday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. So glad to have you here with us on our program. What a fun Wednesday show we've got for you. My co-hosts today, Cam Berry, Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy set to join us a little bit later. Coming up on today's show, we've got our birthdays in sports and a nightly TV guide. At 5 o'clock, we've got our Alabama football preview for the year and the Auburn football preview for this season. Obviously, we talk about Auburn every single day. But look, we've been going through the SEC, 14 teams. We're on to our final two the two teams here in the state, Alabama and Auburn. We'll do that a little bit later during the program. And then at 4 o'clock today, our good buddy Eric McDade from State Farm will be in the studio. We're going to be covering the bases with Eric McDade as we do from time to time. And so we are looking forward to having him here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show at 4 o'clock. J.J. Jackson inside the studio right now with Cam Berry and Tom Peavy. And uh, after a night where we had a... Historic, amazing game for the Thunder Chickens. Um, but we fell just a little bit short. 11 to 10, the final score. Last year, we lost a softball game by the score of 14 to 10. So we had our closest margin of defeat. And uh, we, we had lost by four last year. Last night, just one single run separated us and the opponents. The regular season has come to a close. And now we will play in the playoffs next week as the number 13 seed out of 13 teams in the league. Gentlemen, oh, welcome into the it, Wednesday show. Yeah, man. We, and we had we had the winning run Dude. on base moving when the last out, a pop out. Uh, oh, I was going to take off. And the winning, run, the winning run was on its way. Uh, if we could have just gotten one more hit to drop. That's oh, how close man, we that were. Was, that was, yeah, we were, we were in there. That's yeah. just, that was such a fright. Like, some like we've been we've obviously gotten blown out in oh, so yeah. many games. So like to have a game where we were so close and we really we probably could have should have won that game. Um Oh we had we had we had we had a couple of missed opportunities yeah, in, in that game. Uh, and that, that that's the thing is that's one of those you can we can go back and look at and go, man, we had some missed opportunities. I know we had the bases loaded. We were so close. Um we had Ryan had a leadoff triple um and we yeah, were not able to get him in. in. Yeah. Uh and then they had the one inning we didn't have any – the one thing I can say is we didn't have I think we had maybe one defensive miscue. Yeah, um, just one. Really. I think it we, was we just played pretty well. One on defense. defense was pretty darn solid, but the the team we were playing, they had the one inning that they were just they yeah, all of a sudden stop. started hitting it right through the gap, and you know there's just nothing you can do about that. I mean they were they were getting hits, but but we you know we it would always answer right back, and yeah, I mean we were, we had the winning run in motion, 
on the last out. And I was on deck with the chance to potentially win it too. So, ah, frustrating game. It, but it, it, it was nice to be in a competitive game. I mean, we've we we've had a we had a game where we were down sixteen to nothing after the first half of the right, first inning. Right. I mean, yeah. When when you're before you even come to bat and you're already down sixteen to nothing. Uh, I mean, that's that's difficult. So, uh, yeah, it was a fun night. Definitely a fun night. Yeah, I've got a nice skin up knee right here. No though. kidding, do so, you ever? Yeah, and we were waiting so for the mad. we were waiting for the Canberry game this entire season. Yeah. yeah, and we finally got the Canberry game last night when we needed it most. That was uh, awesome, Cam. Hey, I tried. You had to sleep a little bit better last night yeah, than opposed definitely. to previous oh Tuesdays. My gosh, so much better. Honestly, I was like, <laughs> geez, finally, I was just connecting. I was like, all right, I just, I don't know. It was I was just seeing the ball a lot better. Um, so. The hits just kind of – once I made contact, they just kept coming. So, yeah. The the one thing uh, with their their pitcher uh, was not putting a whole lot of arc on the ball. No, he was – And so, they were coming in a lot flatter, and those are those are just butter. If, yeah. you're, if you're a hitter in slow-pitch softball, if, if the guy's bringing one in there, it's almost like a baseball pitcher throwing really slow. Mm-hmm. And so – Whenever, whenever those pitches have a lot, a lot of arc, that's when you tend to get up under those and pop those up. But when a guy's flattening those and they're getting to you, yeah, at about right where you need to hit, you can really, really drive the ball. And and that's what Cam was doing. Cam, Cam was absolutely hammering the softball last <laughs> night. The, Cam was these, doing great things. Yeah, these, these were not. Cam was not. Were getting hits, but they weren't just like. You know, oh, he he dumped one right over into no man's land, or he squeaked one right through the hole. No, I mean that Cam was absolutely blistering the softball last night. I and appreciate it. We've been waiting on that all season, dude. Right? I was <laughs> I was like, dang man, like the last game. All right, well, I guess is it, this is as good a time as any, right? And we got the playoffs yeah, next go, week. Go. Go hot into the playoffs, Single I guess. elimination tournament, uh, and it will be played all in one night. We'll play at 6.30. They'll play the championship game at 9.30. Uh, it was confirmed to us if we want to play in the championship, boys, we would need to play four. Four games? Four games Dude, in one it. night. Oh, Why not? Awesome. Why not? That would be sick. I'm not going to lie. I, I mean, we're, we would fun. need – We it would be an all-hands-on-deck type story. Definitely max. would need – um, well, Mr. Daughtry to throw a couple of innings for us. I'd throw a couple of it'd be it'd be a challenge to get through four games. But well to why get not? to get through the one game we have to beat the team who I just mentioned about us going down sixteen to nothing in the first half of the inning. Yeah. We've got to beat the team that yeah. put us down sixteen to nothing. Twenty five to two the final score. Yeah. In and, what, three and four innings? Yeah. But yeah. I mean everywhere that we were on defense, like I, I liked the way that we played defense. We ha- we were communicating a lot better. Yeah. We I mean, every time, because like, we would have some communications issues where we wouldn't have somebody on second, different things like that. Every time, runner on second, or uh, uh, somebody on second, covering the back, like consistently, every single time. So, I mean, the communication was worlds better uh, for us as a team. I love talking. It was Let, way let's keep talking. better. It was, I like moving Noah from the outfield to, yeah, shortstop, to shortstop and letting Daniel run move. around a little bit. Yeah. We were making good things happen. Dan- Daniel at well, We cleaned some things one. up. And I got to work out at first base because that team had a bunch of left bunch of lefties. It was crazy, man. man. It was almost their, entire, even, almost their entire lineup were lefties. And they didn't I think even they had hit me th- in the outfield. Yeah. I, was so, I was like, man, I thought I was going to get a whole bunch the of Now You know why you didn't get any outfield? Yeah. Because they weren't getting past me. The other thing that was a little baffling was uh, that you know only like two or three of them actually threw left-handed. 
a couple of guys yeah. were natural right-handed throwers right. and then just hitting Hit left-handed into the batter's, batter's box. All right, let's get some phone calls. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in to be a part of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Gentlemen, as we go to our Auburn Bank phone line for the first time during today's show, and joining us is... Keith from Auburn. Keith has called into the program. Hi, Keith. Hey, guys. I, I'm uh, actually... Keith from Troy right now. I'm yeah. sitting on my porch, so uh, I've been listening to the show, guys, and uh, I don't have a whole lot of time. Are you front porching it in Troy talking to us right now? Absolutely. I'm Look at you. I am three blocks from Troy University, and I go by all the time check out the Troy football team. So. I tell you what, we know that that's been uh, your life these days, and we're used to the Friday phone calls from you, but you never get to talk to Tom anymore, so this is, this is a joy that you've called in on a Wednesday. That, that's the main reason I called in. Tom was there today, and uh, I feel you, brother. Bartending and uh, college kids back on campus, Ooh. it can get hectic. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, this this weekend is probably going to be pretty insane at every okay. bar around town. Oh, it's going to be awful. <laughs> but I do want to say this. Uh, I want to tell you guys, there's hope for the Thunder Chickens, okay? There's hope there for sure. Oh, yeah. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, oh, and 13 or whatever you were at don't matter. It's playoff time. It's a new season. Uh, back six, seven years ago, eight, I, I coached a little old, uh, 10-year-old basketball team out at Beauregard, and they'd already uh, did their little mini draft, but they just didn't have a coach for this one team. And they asked me, uh, the guy that was over, kept calling, saying, would you coach this team? And I finally broke in and said yes. And now I know why they didn't have a coach when I got to the first practice. <laughs> but uh, they weren't very good. But, you know, those kids worked hard, and, uh, you know, I kept telling them, uh, you know, from the Saban uh, tree, just trust the process, okay? Just trust the process. And uh, we didn't win a ball game in the regular season. We went 0-8 or 0-10. I don't remember what it was. It was 0 for something. And we, when, they, when they played the tournament, of course, everybody gets in, right? That's and, right. Everybody uh, gets in. Everybody gets in. And I kept telling them, trust the process. Well, we were the last seed, and guess who we had to play in the first round? The number one seed. Yep. And we won. And we made it to the championship. We didn't win the championship, but I saw those kids grow for a whole season. And the fact that they won a ball game uh, was just – it thrilled my heart to see the, the their eyes light up and they started to believe in themselves. And, 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 you know, the, the championship game, it was close, nip and tuck. We had a chance to win it, but we couldn't get it done. I don't know. We lost by three or four points, but I was proud of those kids. And the same thing happened to the Thunder Chicks. You know what I'm saying? You just got to go out there and take it one game at a time, yep. one hit at a time, and you never know what can happen. I, I always tell people this. I had a – when I was in high school, I had a – uh, assistant coach tell me on defense, he said, you always want to show them something and take it away from them. I said, what do you mean by that, coach? I was playing safety on defense. He said, I want you to get eight yards from the line of scrimmage. I want you to let them see how tight you're playing because you know what we want them to do? We want them to throw deep. And as soon as that ball snaps, you're going back. So you might take your left fielder and line him up on the, the third baseline, take your your uh, rover or whatever you want to call him and, and edge him over to center field. But once that pitch is released, that left fielder's breaking left and that rover's breaking right. 
So you show them something and entice them and take it away from them. So there's a little strategy in your softball uh, process. We need all of it, so thank you. <laughs> but anyway, guys, I, you know, I, I'm, I've heard Anthony's glad to have, have him back on the show. And uh, it, it's fixing to get it, – it's fixing, I guess you could say the, the word is nasty because football season's fixing to get here. So I'm sure Anthony's going to get cranked up here before too long. But, uh, you know, Steve and everybody, you know, I just enjoy listening to everybody that calls in. And uh, Luke's one of my favorites and uh, as well. But, you know, I, I can't say enough about what you guys do. And uh, I miss Auburn, don't get me wrong, or the auburn Opelika area. But I got to do right now what I got to do. That's right. So, uh, Take care of the family. Handle that business. Take care of the family. But anyway, Tom, one of these days I may show up over there uh, – Fat Daddies or whatever that place is called, you never know. Uh, all right. Uh, on a Please Saturday do that, Keith. Surprise him, okay? <laughs> I'm still trying to get JJ to show up. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I show up, it'll be probably around eight o'clock because eleven o'clock I'm in the bed. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guys, y'all keep up the good work. I'll I'll, I'll listen to your show today and uh, enjoy what you guys do. And I, I'm just excited. Football season's here. Borgard, I, I noticed they uh, want to maybe a preseason game last week 57 to 7 so maybe coach uh, uh i don't remember his name justin Tom, justin jones Tom. yeah jones yeah maybe he's turning that program around and i just sent my good friend smitty grider a, uh, a message on twitter and, and encouraging him i said you got a big one this weekend you got a silicaga and uh, and your understudy because rob carter is the head coach at uh that's right you know he coached for smitty when smitty was at Beauregard. so anyway guys i love high school football and i'll be somewhere on friday night probably watching Beauregard play but um i've already mapped out uh, a couple two or three weeks in advance even down here in troy there's a couple thursday night games so i'll get to go watch a few of those as well but guys y'all keep up the great work it's good to hear from you keep doing what you're doing and steve uh, keep calling in my friend Luke, uh, all these guys, James. Uh, man, it's, it's great to hear their voice, and it's like a big old family. And, um, you know, I really enjoy it. And uh, I appreciate you guys taking my show, and I'll continue to listen, my friend. Perfect. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate the phone call there. That's our good buddy Keith from Auburn. He's now in Troy during the week. Heads back to Auburn on the weekends, and grateful to hear from him here on Sports Call. All right, we got to take our first time out of today's show. Call in and say hello to us. We want to hear from you. This is Sports Call, WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM. Another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All right, welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Kim Berry. Hope that you're doing well on this Wednesday. Yesterday, Tom, 
we had the absolute joy of talking to Kyle Petty. I know, man. Here on Sports Call. You were listening on the radio. I was. And if anybody missed that Kyle Petty interview, they can go back and listen to it on our Sports Call podcast. I, absolutely. Uh, if you want to hear that, hear what we're doing today. Uh, but yeah, the Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. And yes. if you have any questions on that, the podcast is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, the Apple Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn, or at the Tiger Communications app. So, Cannot wait. Uh, to uh, get those podcast numbers up and yeah. people supporting us any way possible. Thanks so much. And, and again, and that Kyle Petty interview yesterday was magnificent. Thanks, man. It was. We incredible. enjoyed it a lot too. We're oh, grateful I, I was, took time and I was. Ju- I mean, I was just glued to the radio yeah. listening to it. It, it because of also the fact that it's like, holy crap, that's Kyle Petty talking right. to the guys, uh, and and it just seemed like he just latched onto you guys. Yeah. It, it, it just it felt very comfortable. It was not a rigid, like rigid, sterile type right. interview. I mean, it was very just kind of just kind of out there. Uh, and I, like you said, talking to the guy because Tom, you know, you know me on good days and bad days, right? And there you are. It's a, it, you, you chuckle a little bit because you're like, holy cow, this is yeah, Kyle Petty talking to JJ. You know, <laughs> well, but it, <laughs> it I, mean, you know, I also thought, I, you know I found it funny. You know, Ryan brought up the uh, the uh, Dale Earnhardt podcast. It wasn't where, that wild? Where yeah. he mentioned something about Kyle Petty, and to hear his reaction that <laughs> that kind of a laugh, right? And woo, right. You know, it, it was just, it was a great interview. So, like I said, if you missed anything with that with that Kyle Petty interview, by all means, go check out the podcast and uh and listen to it and. Yeah, maybe we can get Kyle Petty down here to That's an Auburn the goal. Game. He we got to get him back there. And well, he says it's an open invitation uh, to Talladega, and we have an open invitation for him to come to Auburn. So and you have certainly been to Talladega before, Tom. And if that open invitation you've, is y'all, I'm coming with you. I, so. I was about to say I will make sure you tag along because yeah. I was going to say you've been to Talladega before. You Bunch. haven't been to Talladega with Kyle Petty though. I have not. So been. we would make sure that uh, you got to be a part of the fun his, for that his, too. His his dad snuck up on me. His dad Richard yeah. Petty. Uh, it's one of those stories I always tell. I was walking through the garage because uh, when I worked the, those races with the uh, Opelika Auburn News, my whole deal was I would be on the infield in the garage area and in the pit area, and when a wreck would happen, I would go to the infield care center and interview the drivers as they came out of infield care. Or if a driver had to come off the track for mechanical issues and was out, then I would interview drivers. So that my whole thing was to interview the drivers there in the garage area. And so I'm walking through the garage area, and, uh, you know, but pre-race, it's just the hustle and bustle. All the cars are in there. They're doing all their, you know, final tune-ups and everything on the cars. And I'm walking through, and all of a, I started having this, like, overwhelming smell of, of tobacco, uh-huh. of, like, chewing tobacco. And, it, I mean, just, I, I mean, overwhelming smell of chewing tobacco. And I paused just for a second of, of of walking and somebody bumped into me from behind and I turned around and it was Richard Petty with a chaw full of tobacco in. So it was his tobacco that I was smelling, but then that just slight pause. I mean, he was literally walking right on my back shoulder and I had no idea. And so that brief stop, he bumped into me and I turn around and it's like, Oh my gosh, that that's right. That's freaking Richard Petty. Right. <laughs> just bumped into me. So those are the kind of memories I have from the times at Talladega and, 
uh, yeah, if I get the chance to go back, you better believe I'm going to do that. We uh, we will be covering the bases with Eric McDade State Farm here in just a little bit on the program. Looking forward to having him back inside the studio. What we want to do right now, though, as we do each and every day, is celebrate our birthdays in sports. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. All right, Birthdays in Sports here today on August 17th of 2022. Mr. Cam Berry, who's got a birthday today? All right, starting off with John Conklin, 28 today. All right. Tackle for the Cleveland Browns. Conklin walked on at Michigan State and became a starter after a redshirt year. He played in 39 games for the Spartans and declared for the 2016 draft after his junior year. He was taken eighth overall by the Titans. Uh, he's a two-time All-Pro. Turning 54 today, Ed McCaffrey, know that name, former NFL wide receiver and current head coach of the Northern Colorado Bears. McCaffrey led his high school basketball team to two state championships and was an All-American in basketball and football. He played college football at Stanford, where he was an All-American in 1990 and is enshrined in the Stanford Hall of Fame. He was taken in the third round of the 1999 draft by the Giants and played 13 seasons in the NFL. He's a one-time Pro Bowler, Pro Bowler, and three-time Super Bowl champion. His son is Christian McCaffrey. His son's awesome. <laughs> Big fan so, of his son. Yeah. And uh, Ed McCaffrey was quite the player himself there yeah, for those Denver Bronco yeah. teams. Turning 53 today. Oh my gosh, Christian Leitner, 53. 53. That's crazy. Former NBA forward Leitner. Intended Duke from 1988 to 1992, where he was a two-time NCAA champion, NCAA tournament champion, one-time Final Four MVP, one-time ACC Player of the Year, and one-time National College Basketball Player of the Year. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. He set several NCAA tournament records, including points scored, free throws, and games won. He was taken third overall in the 1992 draft by the Timberwolves and played 13 seasons in the NBA. He was a one-time All-Star. Happy birthday, Christian Leitner. Everybody hates Christian Leitner. They do. They do. There was a good 30 for 30 on uh, I hate Christian Leitner. It was a a good one, too. It was impressive. Turning 52 today. uh, For the record, I do not hate Christian Leitner. If anybody was curious. You know, just everybody else outside of the Duke community. (laughs) Turning 52 today, uh, Jorge Posada. Former catcher of the for the New York Yankees, Posada was born in Puerto Rico and attended Calhoun C- Community College in Decatur, Alabama, to play baseball. He was team captain and was an all all conference selection in 1991. He was drafted by the Yankees in the 24th round and made his major league debut in 1995. He played 17 years all for the Yankees and was a five-time All-Star, five-time Silver Slugger, and four-time World Series champion. His number 20 is retired by New York. Jorge Posada is an absolute legend, great baseball player for those I, New York Yankees. I had no idea he played junior college ball in Alabama. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I, wow. Thing, Always uh, the things you learn Calhoun. on birthdays in sports. Right. Happy birthday to Jorge Posada. And mentioning his career, you know, you talk about the fact that for for Mr. Jorge, never wore batting gloves. In the batter's box, well, that's weird. which was always that's intense. Definitely. Anytime different. you see somebody walk up like that, I mean, good Lord. Yeah. And a great catcher for all those years for those New York Yankees. So happy birthday to Jorge Posada. That is our birthdays in sports here today on August 17th of 2022. Let's take our next commercial break during today's program. Our show is going to continue here in just a moment on Sports Call. <laughs> Wow. 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 
Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call, WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with my good buddies Tom Peavy and Cam Barry. J.J., Tom, and Cam all inside our studios. I'll point out a fun fact. Both of you guys have uh, three-letter first names that both end with the letter M and have a vowel as the second letter, just, you know. Cam and Tom. Now, are, with, you, are, uh, you, with JJ. are you Cameron? I'm Cameron. Okay. Yeah. See, and I'm you're Tom is. Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys technically abbreviate it down to or shorten it down to down to three letter names. All right. Let's take some phone calls. 887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tag nine if you want to call in and be a part of our program. It's the final segment here of the first hour of our show. And joining us now Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve has called into sports call today. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, Good afternoon sir. sir. Okay, let's see. I'm talking to, of course, Mr. JJ. Yep. Uh, Mr. Tom Peavy. That's me. Mr. Uh, is it Cam Riley? Cam Barry. Uh, Cam yep. Barry. <laughs> All right. I'm just having fun with you, Cam. And yes, sir. Uh, who else is on there? Is it, uh... It's just the three of us. Okay, just three. Okay, just that's fine. Three. All right. So, guys, this is an episode that I'm sure most listeners love to hear from me. I know Luke does, and probably Anthony. Uh, it is called Stat Time. Stat Time with Steve. Let's get to it. All right, guys. This comes from an article on AL.com from Mr. Ramsey Archibald. And it's entitled, if you haven't already read it, you might. I think you need it. Whether you're Alabama or Auburn will enjoy reading this one. It's called, What's the Difference Between Alabama and Auburn Fans? Yeah, yeah we were just talking about it. We, we were talking about it right before we went on the air. Okay, so have you talked about it already? Not no. on the show. No, we, Go no, for we it. were just talking about it before we went on here. Okay, so guys, I give it just a quick overview of this. Uh, these uh, two fan bases are apparently are quite different, according to some stats from the Center for Sports Analytics at Stanford University. Yep. The center analyzes the data from marketing research firm SBRNet, which surveyed thousands of college football followers fans following the 2021 season. Well, here's some interesting stuff, guys. All right. According to their stats, oh, you'll love this one, 63% of Alabama fans were men. Yep. 60% of Auburn fans are women. That's right. Were you surprised by that? Uh, I, You know, I, I think I'm not surprised by it. What I was surprised by is the gap. Uh, in, in there, the fact that it was like that lopsided, mm-hmm. it, that that's what surprised me. I figured it'd be a closer match than that, but uh, uh, but it, it also makes sense because if you think about you know sports in general is more of a male dominated uh, thing, right. and the fandom is going to be more male dominated, and so when you think about the two schools and the fact that most of your folks that are going to be Auburn fans are graduates of auburn or at least have a connection to auburn so therefore the female fan base is going to be more aligned with auburn as alumni or you know uh, friends of parents of alumni things like that you're going to have more women 
that are going to follow Auburn just because they don't have that ran the kind of random fandom that you do well in most men. Okay, because uh, only four percent of the population of uh, Auburn fans is made up of males. Right. Okay. Well, let's continue the age differences. Uh, you may not be surprised on this, but uh, Auburn fans tend to be older or younger than Alabama fans. Older. Older, very good. Yep. Uh, all right. And uh, the average, I guess, uh, according to the average fan, is 49.2 years old. Okay. Uh, and uh, that's a slightly older for Auburn fans. That uh, 48.6 is for meanwhile for Alabama fans. Okay. So the younger fans are driven by a large number of gener- Generation Z fans who are who? Alabama Auburn fans. Mostly Alabama fans, the younger. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Okay. All right. Alabama has, according to this stat, 700,000 Generation Z fans in 2021, making it the single most popular team among college football fans in that generation. But let's not uh, dwell on that uh, piece of information. Let's go to household income, guys. Who makes more money? Is it Alabama fans or Auburn fans? Uh, Overall, it's more Auburn fans. Yeah, so if you want to find an Alabama fan, go to Burger King. <laughs> well, and, and you, you know, and I know the the stat that you're looking at, uh, like below the 25k uh, a year is dead even, and then Alabama has a slight edge in a couple of the other demographics. But then when you get to a hundred thousand or more income, it is vastly Auburn over Alabama. Yeah, vastly. I'll tell you how vastly it is, Mr. Tom Peavy. Fifty percent of Auburn fans enjoy a household income of at least $100,000 a year compared to only 35% of Alabama fans. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was see. How about education-wise? Uh, it's going to be Auburn. Auburn fans are more likely to have attended college. Yeah, um, and, and that's not a surprise. And that's kind of one of those things that Auburn fans talk about with Alabama fans uh, in, in joking on them is that most of the time, if you're an Auburn fan, either you went to school here or you have a very close connection to school here. Alabama is one of those teams that is the state school, just like other state schools, whether it be Georgia, whether it be Tennessee, uh, you're going to have the more random, non-college going fan base. Um, And that's just the nature of it, uh, being the state school. So, of course, Auburn's going to have more educated folks because most of the folks that are Auburn fans went to Auburn. Yeah. Now, this one did, did take my surprise, guys. Maybe not you. But it went on to say that Alabama fans who did attend college were a little more likely to go to graduate school. Roughly 12% of Crimson-type fans here uh, listen to some postgraduate work or degree compared to 17% of Auburn fans. What do you make of that one? Uh you know, the the only thing that I can think of with that is the types of uh, schools that are there uh, at Alabama that maybe that has an effect on it because um, they do they have a lot of pre-med there, so you're going to have a lot of doctors that started out at Bama and then they move on from there. You're going to have a lot of your uh, the, the lawyers going to law school and those things. Now, that's not to say they don't have that at Auburn because there's plenty of postgraduate stuff here, but uh, – you know, I, I, but it's even, I mean, if you look at those stats, I mean, it, it's, it's not overwhelmingly Alabama. It just, in this research, they do have more. 
And Steve, just a time update for you. we got four minutes left here in the hour, and then our buddy Eric McDade, State Farm, will be in the studio. All right, real quickly then, guys. I uh, want to let you know I did listen to the podcast with Mr. Phil Steele. Thank you, thank you. I was rather taken aback and surprised by his apparently optimism uh, for, for Auburn. In fact, he said he's going to be pulling for us. Did he say that? Yes, he did. But he wasn't committed to, I think he said he's maybe an eight win season or maybe right. possibly nine. What did he say? He said possibly eight, possibly nine. Yeah, he didn't commit really one way or the other. Okay. Now, the one that really took me by surprise, I said, whoa, is his glowing comments uh, for South Carolina. Yeah, big fan of the Gamecocks and what they got going on. Were you surprised by him picking South Carolina in the East? A, a little bit, uh, definitely, because you think about what George is able to do there. But you picked him to win the East. I don't know. I, did he? I don't think he went that far, no, Steve. Him, no, yeah, no, yeah. No. He oh, just okay. he thought he picked him a second. Right. Yes. Uh, well, that, uh, yeah, and, that's, and what Shane Beamer is building yeah. there. Uh, Spencer Rattler coming yeah. in to play quarterback. Tennessee is more of the popular pick to finish second in the East, uh, but uh, Phil's pretty high on South Carolina. So. All right. Go Gamecocks. I was about to say, right. Phil still picked them to win the East, then I'm going to have to question his sanity. But it, go, them, go, go to Vegas right now. Yeah, exactly. But then, them in second. I could see that. Okay. So, finally, guys, since my time is pressed right now, and I thank you for the time you do give me, how about let's go with this, because I want to hear your takes on this. I'm going to do a segment called Bold Predictions, or what I call Mark My Word. You know, remember Tom Real used to say, you know, you can write it down? Yeah. Okay, well, you can write it down. This is Mark My Word bold prediction for the season. Mark My Word, Auburn's going to beat either Alabama or Georgia this year on the road. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So I want to hear your Mark My Words uh, either now or later on during the show, guys. Will you be willing to do that? Yeah, we could set that up. We could try and set okay. that up for sure. All right. Bold prediction. I want to hear from Anthony. I want to hear from Luke. And if we can't. Mark My Word. Game, I like it. And uh, uh, Matt. Uh, anybody else who's willing to – I want to hear your bold prediction. And by bold prediction, I don't mean easy easy ones, okay? Yeah. Uh, I mean something that, you know, whoa. I like that. Uh, I, I want to steal yours right now, Steve, because we talked about it a little bit earlier. Auburn hasn't won at Alabama since 2010. They haven't won in Georgia and Athens since 2005. Why not? Like, that is a bold prediction to say that Auburn is going to win at one of those spots this year. I'm, I'm going to take that one for myself. Mark my word. Okay. I'm in the well, boat with to, you, Steve. Okay, good. I don't want to hear any wimpy predictions, okay? Yes, we got I you. And when people call us and say, Steve, you're crazy I thought you were. Yeah. And so I'm talking to you, Jeff. I want to hear you, man. Uh, Jeff from uh, Columbus, right? Yep. Okay. That's it, guys. I know my time is way, way up. Hey, I always thank you for the time you give me. I couldn't afford to pay for that time. Uh-huh. So with that having said, uh, oh, oh, when are you going to be off? Is it tomorrow? I will be – the show will continue. I will not be here tomorrow. I will be uh, with Auburn Soccer for their first game of the season on the SEC Network. But Ryan will be in this chair, and the show will go on. So I hope you give okay, them a call tomorrow. The Atlanta game? Oh, what is that? That'll be on Monday. That'll be on Monday. Next week. Okay. Yes. All right, guys. Uh, until next time, J.J., you have a uh, fun time at where you're at with the soccer game. Yeah, I'll talk to you on Friday. Thunder Chickens, where, 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 what happened? We lost a heartbreaker. Lost oh. by one single run last night. Had had the oh, win had the winning run in motion on the base. It was paths our most when, uh, exciting game in yeah. franchise history, and it just didn't quite go our yeah. way. The walk off run was on its way home, but it was a fly out to end it. You could dispute it.
<laughs> All right. Thank you for your time. War Eagle, guys. War Eagle, indeed. War Eagle. Mark my words with retired Lord AM Steve. Make, give us a bold prediction. What do you want to know? Keith has sent us a message. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SportsCallAU. Keith from Auburn says, Steve is dipping into the Kool-Aid again and don't know the flavor. I like it, though. I like the bold predictions. Mark my word. It's time that Auburn wins on the road at one of those spots. Maybe it could happen. Yeah, they, they, ended the, they ended the LSU drought yeah, they last did. year. Yep. Maybe it's time. All right, we got to take a break. We've got uh, two more hours of Sports Call to go. Our buddy Eric McDay joins us here in just a moment. Alongside Canberra and Tom Peavy, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson here inside the studio with Cam Barry and Tom Peavy. We hope that everyone is doing well on this Wednesday. We've made it through one hour of the program. A couple of more to go here in just a few moments. We're going to have our good buddy Eric McDade in the building. We'll cover the bases, give him or hear his sports hot takes right now that he's got going on and love talking basketball and football with Eric and guys we talk football. Man, 17 days away from the start of the Auburn football season. It's insane that it's gotten this close at this point. 17 total days away yeah. from Auburn football. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy how, how fast the summer has just gone. Yeah. You know, it was kind of blink of an eye. I was like, oh, man, baseball season is ending after an amazing run to Omaha. All right, now it's talking season. Talking season seems like it just lasted about yeah. two seconds. We were worried about talking. Yeah. We always <laughs> are. We're like, what are we going to talk about? And uh, we found plenty to talk about. We and, got wacky and, on Wednesdays, yeah. and now it's hard for us to find time to get wacky on Wednesdays. Now we're here. Now the season's uh, very close, and, and everybody's excited. You know, there's a lot of just speculation going around, especially when it comes to Auburn football. Yeah. But, um, there's some hope in the air, as there always is. We're going to have our official Auburn and Alabama previews uh, throughout today's show. And oh, again, yeah. like we said, with, with Auburn, we've been doing our SEC previews because, uh, for example, earlier this week, we spent a good bit of time talking about the Kentucky Wildcats football program. Yeah. We never do that. Uh-huh. We never really spend as much time talking about the Kentucky Wildcats program until it's football season. And then we want to let you know kind of what they're looking like going into the year uh, we always talk about Auburn football yeah. and what it's looking like. So uh, nothing earth-shattering 
will be said. I do find it noteworthy, however. Again, we talked with Bennett Durando of the Montgomery Advertiser on Monday about the latest from Auburn football and from fall camp. And in that building, the coaching staff right now is totally 50-50 on Zach Calzada and TJ Finley. There is not a leader in the clubhouse right now in that quarterback race, which is crazy to think about, Tom. 17 days away, and the co- there is not a leader in the clubhouse. By then, you start to see things start to get to out, out and, and, yeah. and start to, no, this team, no, there's not. I'm sorry. There's not a leader in the clubhouse right now in that quarterback room, Tom. It yeah. truly is 50-50 between TJ Finley and Zach Calzada. Yeah, and, and, and the thing, you're hearing a lot of positives come out about both guys you're hearing some negatives about both guys you can say the same thing about Robbie Ashford too even though I I think you know most people assume that he is down but you hear a lot of positives about him you hear some negatives about him as well so uh yeah it's just it's a tough situation to be in when you don't have a like you said a leader in the clubhouse here we are we're uh, getting set for the start of football season and we talked about our buddy Eric McDade being in the house we're covering the bases. This has been long overdue. Yeah. The end of the summer schedule caught up to uh, E-Money just a little bit, as I've called him. And yes, sir. What's up, Eric? What's up, guys? How Good to doing? see you again, man. Too, man. For sure. 17 days away from college football season. 17 days. I can't wait. <laughs> yes, sir. It's we, time. It, look, there's no leader in the quarterback race right now. There, if you ask anybody in that facility, right now it truly is 50-50 between T.J. Finley and Zach Calzada. Do you believe that? No. From what I've seen in practice, I believe it. Why yeah. do you not believe that? Um, I mean, just from everything I've heard Coach Harson say and, and from seeing how he operated last year, I just think he really values um, the experience yeah. that T.J. has. You know, he's really familiar with T.J., it seems like TJ's kind of. I, I was listening to the press conference the other day, and he said, "You know, TJ's a coach on the field." Yeah, like you, you know, that type of stuff. When you you using that kind of terminology about one of your quarterbacks, that means you really got a trust level in that guy that might not be there with somebody else. And I, I just, I think maybe TJ's, you know, had a chance to improve. You know, he's he's one of those guys where, you know, he, he's. It seemed like he got a little bit better as the season went on last year. I know there was kind of mixed opinions on him, but I think I think when we see that first game, I think you're going to see T.J. starting at quarterback. But, I mean, he better get it right, though, because, you know, we've, yeah. kinda, we've seen T.J. He's on a short leash. Yeah, he's definitely going to be on a short yeah. leash. So, you know, I, it really doesn't matter who starts at quarterback that first game, first two games, really. You want to you want to see that person perform well, but we better have it figured out by the time we, we play a real opponent. We're 17 days away from the start of the Auburn football season. When we were 25 days away, just a little over a week ago, we posted something online that we were 25 days away from football. And you said that uh, this is 25 days of you trying to convince yourself that Auburn's going to win 10 games this year. So now you're down to 17 days. How are you convincing yourself that that's going to happen? I mean, that's the Auburn fan experience. Yeah. You know, you – this is what happened. Look, we year. can all relate. We're not trying to convince yeah, Cam yeah. about Trey Young's status or anything <laughs> hey. like that on today's show. No, I mean, I want to Auburn, talk Auburn football that's with the you. Auburn football thing, need to get right? into that. In the spring, you know, as always, who's going to be the quarterback? It's yeah. the coach on the hot seat. That's just the Auburn thing. Yeah. You get in the summer and then you just slowly start believing in the guys and you start really, you know, reading all the reports. And all of a sudden, you know, now I'm thinking that we can win 10, 10 games. So, Realistically, is it possible? 
It's, it's out there. Who do you believe in the most on the offense? Tank Bigsby. Okay. That's a pretty easy I mean, answer, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, he looked at me silly when I asked the he's question. He's the best player we have. Yeah. I mean, Tank is – That guy. I think this team is going to go as far as, as Tank Biggs will take it, to be honest. I mean, mm-hmm. we got some talented guys all across the board, but Tank is, you know, I don't think it's a stretch to say that he can be the best running back in the country. Yeah. I, I don't think it's crazy to think that he could be – in New York the first week of December for the high. Like, I, I really believe he's that type of running back, you know. Um, seems like he's gotten better from everything that I've, you know, seen, heard. Uh, if, he, if he can, I mean, 15, 1,600 yards, I think could be a possibility. No doubt. Feed that guy. Yeah, I mean, I agree with, you know, we have a lot of talent. I, I think that's kind of a very known thing. I, I agree with you that if Auburn is winning games and if Tank – is playing to what we believe he can be definitely Heisman contender, no doubt about it. But I think, I think it'll really start with the quarterback. Like you said, yeah. you know, t- tank. This team will only go as far as tank will take us. I think this team will only go as far as whoever our quarterback ends up being takes us, just because that is the most pivotal position yeah. on the field. Just hands down, that's that. That's the decision maker. Everything runs to the quarterback at the end of the day. So I'm hoping, you know, whoever that is just decides to step up and, and make that move. What's the, up? The only thing that I will say is I think I I think the most critical position on that field is going to be the offensive line. Yeah. Because I don't care how good Tank is. I don't care how good your quarterback is. If you don't have people blocking for them, if you still yeah. have – if if you're matter. getting manhandled at the line of scrimmage like right. we have seen this team do – and especially in short yardage situations where you just can't get any sort of a push and you're getting hit in the backfield on yeah. a third and for one. For sure, for sure, for sure. Then your your star players doesn't matter. I think the so offensive you, they have yeah. got to step up this year. I, I these think are veteran going to guys. Be improved. They well, oh, yeah. they better be. Yeah. Well, that's, I, they, I mean, these are veteran guys. They damn well better be improved. Because yeah. yeah, I'm tired of watching them get their they, butts they've kicked. They've all been on campus a know, long time, three yeah. four yeah. years at yeah. this point. I mean, we should. We should see a pretty good line. The thing about quarterback is I don't really think there's a big difference between TJ or Calzada. I, no. I really don't think that it one just, of them is yeah. so head and shoulders above the other one. I don't think either one of them is going to be a top-tier, yeah. upper-echelon quarterback. So, I mean, I think you're just going to get what you get out of the quarterback. I, I think as long as we get decent quarterback play, then we can be an above-average team. You know that, and that's. Yeah. I think you could get that from from either one of those guys. They've shown that they can at least be average. Over the past few seasons, we've talked a lot about Bo Nix's mobility at that quarterback position and just yeah. elusiveness and and a little bit of his. You don't really see that in either of these guys, do right. you? No, no, that's not that's that's not who either one. Of and those that's guys why you're are. saying these guys are more similar when you look at the two of yeah, them. Yeah, it's very similar players to me. I mean, you know, nothing that either one of these guys is going to do jumps off the page at you. You're not going. to Say one of these guys going to be a first-round pick one day. Like, it's just not that level of talent. But, you know, I think you just get what you get out of the quarterback. You ask him to go out there and throw for a couple hundred yards, protect the football, hand it off to Tank and Jarquez, and get out of the way. Get to work, yeah. Yeah. And some wide receivers stepping up, some young – Camden Brown, people are falling in love with a a true freshman wide receiver. I mean, we saw that with Seth Williams a few seasons ago. See, that's the big thing, too. The receivers is going to be something that's just so major. Yeah, let me give a shout-out to Seth Williams really quickly for posterizing (laughs) Kelvin Joseph. Again. Again. (laughs) 
I didn't believe that when I saw that the first time. If people did not see this, his incredible touchdown pass and reception that he had against Kentucky, he mossed Kelvin Joseph. And now playing for the Denver Broncos in a game against the Dallas Cowboys, Seth Williams once again got Kelvin Joseph. That was pretty remarkable. But he was the last like big, true freshman guy that went up and made some plays, yeah. and people are really liking this Camden Brown fella. Yeah, I, you know, I was kind of skeptical about the wide receiving uh, core coming into the season, but you know, it, 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 it seems pretty deep at that position from from everything yeah, I've heard. Yeah, this isn't and even Camden, mentioning Coy Moore, Coy Moore, the shiftier uh, guy know, coming I, in the bunch, and Shedrick Jackson has been there forever, the and now solid. It's his time to, to step up. Xavier Capers, 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 two years ago. Waiting for Capers, yeah. I was waiting. I think everybody was. You go back to the freshman season back in 2020, you walked away more impressed by Xavier Capers than you did Kobe Hudson. Yeah. That freshman year, you yeah. walked away more impressed by Capers than you did Kobe Hudson. Well, Last year, it wasn't, even, it wasn't even a question. Kobe Hudson was way better than for Capers sure. was. But if Capers can kind of get back... The frame help. I mean, that's a big body out there. Yeah, yeah. And then that's what, you know, both of these, especially TJ, I mean, he's not the most accurate quarterback, you know, but if you can, you, you need some guys that can, got a catch radius. That can right. Go, that can go get it. So I'm excited about that group. It's a, it's a inexperienced group, but, you know, that, that means there's some opportunity yeah. for some guys. To Talk to me about tight play. ends because we actually use those under Coach Harson. That was a big question last year. Is Coach Harson actually going to utilize the tight end position? He absolutely did. John yeah, Samuel so Shanker had the most decorated season a tight end has ever had. Yeah, so real deep at that position. I mean, yeah. I'm happy about Shanker or Fromm. I mean, I'm cool with either. Yeah. And then, you know, whatever. Brendan Frazier at 6'7 of the mix. And Luke Deal. Luke, Luke Deal. Deal. We've got a lot of guys at, at that position. Which Landon is, King is now crazy. fully moved out to the wide receiver position, and I Landon King was making there. some plays. Yeah, I think he's going to thrive as a wide receiver. Yeah. So. Um, no, I, I, we're winning ten games. We win, I, I mean, I don't know about that. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you my hot take. Man. We want that because uh, Steve called in a little bit yeah, earlier, yeah. and he was asking for mark my word. Yeah. And he said, "Mark my word, it's a bold prediction, and we want people to call in and give theirs." We're gonna get it here from Eric McDade covering the bases bold with prediction. Eric McDade State Farm. Steve said, "Mark my word, Auburn will win at either Georgia or Alabama this year." Auburn has not won at Georgia since 2005. They have not won at Alabama since 2010. Last year, Auburn hadn't won at LSU since 1999. I want one of those things to be true, and that is a really bold prediction, given that those two teams just played the national championship last year and they're two favorites once again this season. I love that. That's a bold prediction. You said you got one, a hot take, whatever you want to call it. Talk to me. I think you're gonna see Auburn beat a team that we have no business beating, and I think you're gonna see us lose a game that we shouldn't lose. Ah. I just think it's gonna be one of those. Kind I don't of like seasons. the second part of that. Yeah, like this is what I think that happens. happens way too often. I think you're gonna see Auburn five and zero. Okay. Going to Athens. I think we're gonna go in there and beat Georgia. <laughs> oh my God. Going to Georgia and beating the Bulldogs. Beating Georgia in Athens. Six and zero. Mark my word. Mark my word. I love it, Eric. Yes, sir. But, but then, then we're going to slip gonna up. Turn around and lose at Ole Miss. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what Man. I think. That's what I see happening this oh year. Oh, my God. I think we can beat Georgia. I just don't think Georgia is – I think Georgia is really good. Don't get me wrong. But that defense, that defense they had last yeah. year, 
10, was incredible. Ten points per game is that's that's unprecedented. Yeah, that's all time stuff. <laughs> so so you're not gonna get that again. Yeah. And I and I mean to be honest, they didn't just blow us out last year. No. Um, we had we had some opportunities at the beginning of the game. I was at that game actually. We had some opportunities to kind of move the ball. Drops was a drops. big problem they, for for that game. Like we specifically, must have ten or twelve. Yes, passes I game. specifically remember for the UGA game, Bo put, I mean, put some balls on the money, yep. and we had drops from multiple of our receivers. Shank, and it, Shanker it, dropped. The Shanker had a drop. Um, Kobe had a drop in the middle of the field. Um, just issues like that all over the place. That was a big, big problem for us against UGA. And then we, you know, turn the ball over, give them a short field, and they'd score. Yeah, I just don't believe in, you know, I still don't believe in Stetson Bennett. I'm gonna be honest with you. I just, he just <laughs> he you know, don't really, still today. I don't believe really in him. Dude, yeah. Georgia fans you know, don't even believe yeah, in Stetson exactly. Bennett. They so don't. But <laughs> I just think, I think it's our time, man. You say '05, the last time we were after they won a game. Yeah, yeah, it's time. Man. It's past time. Way gotta go over there and get a win. And know? even 2010, yeah, the last go time Auburn beat Tuscal or Alabama and Tuscaloosa, we got to change that too. Yeah, we gotta go. Get, we gotta we gotta start flipping the script, man. It's it's Harson needs he yeah. needs to beat Georgia or Alabama for sure. Tom, are you ready to give us a bold prediction? Uh I like that Auburn's gonna win in either Georgia or Alabama. I think Steve was yeah. on the money. Yeah, these are bold predictions. Yeah, I know. I'm, Mark I'm, my word. I like it, man. Yeah. Let's find a way to win at Georgia, please. It's been uh, too long. Find a way at, to win at Alabama, yeah, please. Yeah. At, at Georgia would be so Enough nice. of I'm the 6-6 six six talk for Dude, Auburn football. Yeah. Come on. 17 is days that, away. Is that what Vegas says? Is, is that the 6.5? Let me see. 6.5 probably and a half. feels like where they yeah. would put the uh, win yeah. total right now. Yeah, yeah let's look it up. You taking the over? If it's 6.5, oh, I'm, I'm smashing the over. Yeah, absolutely. Five home games to start the season. Yeah, is, like that's right there. You gotta, you gotta take advantage of that. I mean, you gotta win four, four or five. Because I, I mean, I just, I see us beating LSU just because, you know, Brian Kelly, new coach of that of that team. Officially this yeah, week, you know, Auburn is at six and a half in Las Vegas. Half, yeah, hammering the over, yeah, for sure, hammering it. Um, I, I just I feel like that's a that's a pretty pretty easy win for us. Not easy, but but a win. Um, Georgia will obviously definitely be tough, but if we get the win there, then I mean, oh man, I, I, Auburn will be over the moon like the entire <laughs> the entire think, rest of the season. I think we, I think we head oh in that direction. Oh my gosh, if we if we can get momentum and we win against Georgia, then it's I mean, you might as well call it a wrap at that point. Eric, you haven't said a single word about the Auburn defense. We've talked a lot about making sure Auburn scores points. But I mean, if we're talking about bold predictions for a football team or going into the season, you got to talk about the defense a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think the defense is going to be the, the better unit. They're yeah, ready to go. Agreed. Uh, I mean, the, the defense is going to be solid. D line's deep. About, we talked about offensive line, defensive line, just as important in the yeah. SEC. Um, and that group is deep. Yeah, that's a yeah. deep group. You got some NFL talent on that in that group. Um, some some potential superstar talent in that. You know, Derek's going. I think he's going to have a, a great season. Yeah. Um, Kobe, Leota. I mean, I think I, you know. I'm excited to see what Jason Jones does. Transfer. I mean, I think. You know, you, you need guys like that to keep keep people off your linebackers. So, um, in the really, secondary, you know, I mean, yeah, secondary. You know, I think Nehemiah. Is he's got to step up. Nehemiah, it's his time. He's, really, he's going to be ready to. Probably one of the most underrated players in. He, in the no SEC. kidding. Fundamentally sound. I mean, that that guy can play. Yeah. You know, so 
if he can if he can become that that lockdown guy. I'm not really even concerned about the secondary. I'm really the most concerned about linebacker. Even though I think our best player, like most talented player yeah. on defense, is Owen? on that unit. Yeah. I'm you know I'm just kind of, kind of concerned about it, all the other guys. But who do you think the other guys are going to be? Cam uh, Riley, Wesley Cam Riley, Steiner. Uh, a lot of people talking about Cam Riley. Yeah, Wesley. Wesley's got to be more consistent. Yeah, you know, but um, he's a North Carolina Cam guy. Riley's Shout that, out. Is he? Yeah, okay. Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. Cam Riley's that you know that prototypical. So it's what you yeah. want to see him right. Kind of step into right. the, you know step into that. Um, we are going to miss Jacoby McLean, man. Oh my gosh, we're going to yeah, you know. But we we, we were going to uh, Deshaun Davis. Shout out my boy. Like anytime. That linebacker, you're like, oh, we're going to miss that guy so much. And the great thing about it, that is a question mark, Eric. But the next linebacker just always seems to step up. Yeah, be right there. Eugene Asante transfers in from North Carolina. There's some Power 5 D1 experience that could be in that linebacker room. Definitely solid. I mean, we have a leader in that room. So I'm not as worried about the linebackers because Owen is in that room. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's going to keep that unit right. Um the the DBs is definitely something that's going to be important, um, but you know we'll, we'll we'll just have to see. I mean, I'm excited to, to see it though. I think obviously I agree that the defense is going to be the better unit. Um, just we have the most experience there, um, and I think the most talent there as well. So just have to see. Tom, you got a lot of thoughts going on in your head up there because I asked <laughs> for a bold prediction. You're not gonna. Like, you're not gonna like my bold prediction. Oh, oh, oh. Tom, the let's do it. Here let's it do it. Here we go. Tom's like, we're not gonna mark my words. Game. Tom Peavy. Auburn loses to San Jose State. Oh, my wow. Gosh. Tom. Wow. <laughs> oh man. Wow. <laughs> All right. <That laughs> is if we lose to San Jose prediction. State, look at Tom. He's not changing. I mean, no. this guy's serious. All right. Like, I. What do you present know your case? It's the, history. It's the history. Uh. Well, so uh, they 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 have a lot of guys coming back now. They they are predicted. I know in Athlon they're predicted like one hundred and one. Yeah, they they have one hundred and one. They have a quarterback uh, that is a transfer from Hawaii that threw for thirty one touchdowns, and I mean he is a really good quarterback coming in to San Jose State. Um, they've got quite a few guys coming back. They've got a defense that's going to be okay. Um, I but I also look. I, I I'm just I'm. I'm down on this Auburn team because I just I just I think there is talent there, but I just don't think there's enough. Uh, I'm not saying that Auburn's not going to win quite a few games, but I, that's you just you want a bold prediction, and I mean that's just being very bold. Um, I, it's just I, I kind of feel like that that's going to be one of those uh, kind of like Georgia State last year. I mean, you, we got to remember, Auburn uh, Auburn was about to lose to Georgia State. We, we completed a miracle fourth down play to beat Georgia State last year. Right. That did happen. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that this team loses a game like that. That's spicy. I'm, I'm going to be honest. That's spicy. So that you won't second bowl, game of the year. You want to bowl? I think, That's what we're looking for. Auburn sure. loses to San Jose State. And so I. I'm looking at this. Oh, on, that would be awful. Oh, of course it would be. And I, I'm, we wouldn't show up to work the next week. Well, here's here's the thing. No it, show. No, no show. show. I mean, Brian Harson may as well yeah, join. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's calling for his head. Yeah, we, it's over for him. Um, 
I you know I I'm I'm scared about this team. There there like I said, there's some talent there, but with the with the uh, non decisiveness uh, with quarterback in the quarterback room, where you don't seem to have one guy that is stepping forward. Right. I'm still not sold on the offensive line, and that's why I mentioned them because yes, they are veterans, but they are veterans that have not been very good. You also got to remember this is a holdover from the lack of recruiting on the offensive line from the hey. Malzahn days. Hey. The, these guys are not highly recruited dudes. I mean, they what Auburn went three, four years without even signing an, a tackle out of yeah. high school. They've been having to rely on transfers and different things like that just to shore up the offensive line. They're also not very deep on the offensive line. So you get one injury, one guy gets banged up. That's going to be a big problem. That's going to be an issue. Um, I think the defense. I think Auburn's defense is going to be fine. I I'm just scared to death of this offense that they're not going to be able to score enough points to keep up when the defense is you know light shutting it out. Right, yeah. unless the defense is just absolutely shutting somebody down. I don't know that this offense can score enough points, and and mainly I'm I'm fearful in the passing game because if I'm a defensive coordinator. I am stacking that box, and I'm I am not going to let yeah. Tank Bigsby yeah, or Jarko S. Hunter yeah, beat me. No, I am stacking not. the box. I'm going to take the runaway, and I'm going to make two unproven quarterbacks who have struggled in their times in the limelight, and a wide receiving core that you, you don't, don't even know. About. You don't yeah. even know who you got there who could be the man. I'm going to make you beat me through the air. I am not going to let Tank Bigsby and Jarko S. Hunter beat me. I'm going to stack the line, take the runaway, and make you beat me with with either yeah. either of your two unproven quarterbacks and a wide receiving core that has nobody that is the man right now. Again, these are bold predictions and that it's a, we're laying it's, out there. And the, I mean, this is a bold prediction. Listen, and people, a bold prediction that Auburn's going to go and beat either Alabama or Georgia. It's crazy. At the, it's a bold prediction. It is a bold prediction. But, but the likelihood of that happening is to not your very defense, good. Or to, you know, to play devil's advocate and people – Responding right now, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sports Call. You mentioned the Georgia State game from a year ago. If you bring that poor performance up, I think you equally have to bring up the Iron Bowl in a game that Auburn had no business, no business whatsoever being in that football game. Sure. And they were. Sure. Auburn should have won the Iron Bowl. That's crazy still. Yeah. Think about that. We should have won the 2021 Iron Bowl. And that's the also. Upsetting and concerning part because we could probably all agree that if there was better quarterback play, that we win. We win. That sure, game. we win. And, and, and here's and now here I'm going to go back to that bold prediction I made about Auburn losing to San Jose State. That's so. You can you can say and talk about how much it doesn't affect things, but the crowd at Jordan Hare Stadium has a huge impact on the way that team plays. It just does. And that, that's for anybody that has a really big and good home field advantage. Those players play up to that crowd. And and you get a little bit of momentum. Like, you get in that Iron Bowl and that crowd gets to where it was and it's amped up in that stadium like that. Then you feed off of that, that, that energy, and you feed off of that. You're not going to have that same type of energy with San Jose State. And, again, just like the Georgia State game. I sat in that stadium – and watch that game last year, that crowd was dead. They, it was just – now, granted, Auburn wasn't giving them a whole lot to cheer about, but it just was – the atmosphere was a day game, and it was just blah. I mean, it's Georgia State. I'm just, I just – I'm afraid, I'm afraid that you get a team like San Jose State coming in here 
who is not that bad of a team. Now, on paper, Auburn should dominate San Jose State. They they absolutely should. But I have a feeling that's going to be kind of one of those. It's a the crowd's yeah. just not as lively yeah, into yeah. it, and yeah. so you're not you're losing a little bit of your home field advantage because you just don't have just that thing yeah, that going fire. with the crowd yeah. and that fire like you do it with yeah. Georgia or Bama or LSU. Just that intensity. You got to manufacture it. It's expected. Right. Because it's expected that they're going to roll over them. Sure. I just think. But but see, but you know, and that's. It's a bold prediction, but like I said, I. I, You can call me a pessimist, but I. Yeah, I mean, I am very pessimistic with this team. I, I. I. I honestly, I think six or seven wins is about where you're going to get with this team. And you lose to San Jose State, you could be even looking worse than that. Right. And and the thing is, and I also you look at history. Auburn has survived close calls when when you're when you're down, like I think this team is. Auburn has managed to survive some very close calls because I mean you look at Jacksonville State, mm-hmm. dodged a monster bullet with Jacksonville State in overtime, dodged a bullet against Utah State. If you remember in the opener after you win the national title, you had to co- recover an onside kick to keep from getting beaten your opener against Utah State. Yep. Last year, you have to make a miracle play on fourth down where TJ Finley scrambles around back there and somehow finds a guy open in the end zone, and you're about to lose to Georgia State. Eventually, that luck's going to run out. You're going to drop one of these games like that when you're down. And I feel like overall, this team as an overall talent base, I think is down. And so the more likelihood of having one of these upset losses like that is a real thing. And that's the bold prediction is that finally Auburn's luck runs out against one of those teams. We got to take a quick timeout. We'll be able to react to that and more on the other side of this break. Eric McDade's hanging out with us here inside the studio. Call in and chat with us as well. 334-887-3401. Back in a moment here on Sports Call. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger Welcome back into the program. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry and our good buddy Eric McDade from Eric McDade State Farm covering the bases right now here on Tiger 95.9 FM. Drivewitheric.com. Eric, it's fall. School is back in session. Football season is days away at this point. What needs to be said about Eric McDade State Farm right now? What's going on at the office? How are things going? Very busy, man. We've had two of our better months production-wise in my office. and That's uh, what we like to hear. Of course, of course. Um, things are on people's mind this time of year, man. Kids going back to school, um, 
you know, winding down the summer, people buying homes. And so it's really important to take some time to think about your insurance coverage, your car insurance, your house insurance. You know, so I've uh, been blessed, man. A lot of people have been reaching out to us and, and um, seeking our advice. Uh, my team is excellent. Uh, they've been doing a great job. So um, really proud of where State Farm is right now and just encouraging everybody to, you know, slow down a little bit with your, with your life and yeah. take some time. Give me a call and see if we can help you out. Give me a bit, a little bit of a rundown. Uh, everything, not just some highlights for yeah. what all you can do for people. If they need a little bit of help, they're driving around right now. What all can sure. you help so with? So everybody knows State Farm does car insurance. That's the biggest thing we do. But, right. You know, homeowners insurance, uh, life insurance is something that's super important to me. Um, that you know, we really want to talk to everybody about you know protecting our lives. We pay a lot of money to protect the things we own. Sometimes we neglect our own selves. Right. right. So life insurance is really important. A lot of people don't realize State Farm does business insurance um so you know myself i'm a small business owner uh really trying to be more active in the community and talking to small business owners uh about their needs to to ensure their businesses uh, whether that be their buildings or the things that they own so um, it's really refreshing when i get to talk to other business owners because um you know i understand some of the things they're going through and i understand what needs to be protected and how we do so so um yeah, love it. It's a big thing. And Opelika, drivewithericcom E R I C, drivewithericcom and you can have Eric McDade help you out with all your insurance needs. All right, here we are. We're covering the bases. We're talking about football season being right around the corner a little bit later. Our final hour of the program. We'll talk more about Auburn and Alabama football ahead of the final season. And uh, Eric, we're trying to throw out bold predictions. What did Tom just say? If people missed it, if they just turned on the radio. My man Tom said his bold prediction <laughs> was that Auburn was going to lose to San Jose State. <laughs> and he set social media on fire. They're calling him crazy. I love it. Calling him crazy. Yeah. I, call I called him good. a madman. Yeah. But he made some very <laughs> he made some good very points. Good points. He did. You know, I mean, he backed it up. It wasn't just something that he was throwing at the wall. I mean, yep. you know, this is a team that, you know, we don't know a lot about a lot of the guys on Auburn's football team. I mean, I mean we've got some experienced guys. We've got some talented guys, but um, a lot of inexperience in some key positions. And, you know, I mean, that ball bounces the wrong way at the wrong time against the wrong team. And, you know, it could get dangerous. So, and like, and like I mentioned, that you know, Auburn, when they're down, which this team is down. And, and when I mean down is when you just oh, – expectations are not high. Uh, the roster overall as a whole is down from from what we want it to be. And when you look at Auburn historically, whenever they have a team that is down like that, they've had some games that they've had to escape. Yeah. And eventually, like I said, eventually your luck runs out. And just that bold prediction is that that's one of those games that your luck runs out. Because I, I – and somebody told me a while back to keep an eye on that game – you know, it's not. This is not something just popped into my head while we were sitting here. Somebody told me back weeks ago to not sleep on that game because it was uh, it was Jake Crane. It was Jake. That's exactly it was Jake Crane. That's exactly who that was. Yep. Wow, good memory. Good memory, Cam wow. Barry, team that's player. Exactly right there. who that was. Cam, what's your bowl prediction? Um, yeah, I've been thinking about it actually, and this is this is mine. Um, Auburn was fin- uh, picked to finish last in the SEC West. And I'm going to say Auburn's going to finish first in the SEC West. I don't know how it's going to shake out. Whoa. I don't know how it's going to happen, but Auburn's going to finish first in the SEC West. I like it. That's major bold right there. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, and it'll probably come down. Because b- being the most bold yeah. and saying that Auburn could win on the road and Alabama and Georgia is all, or Alabama or Georgia is already bold enough. Right. But I think it's kind of like what Eric was saying a little bit earlier that you could see Auburn winning a game like Georgia and possibly being six and zero. Oh, yeah. But then immediately slipping up the following week and losing to a team like Ole like Miss, Ole Miss yeah. or having a loss later in the year against Texas A and M. You know, to to beat. Alabama and Georgia, while also staying atop the SEC West, that's major bold yeah. right there. I love it. Defend it. Keep talking yeah. to me. Why do you think that? Well, I mean, this I don't know. It's just when Auburn's down, it's just, you know, it's different. When Auburn's always picks la- picked last, when Auburn is not picked to win, that is when they just perform the best. The underdog mentality, it's just, it's just something about that that Auburn will just – perform their absolute best because they aren't picked to win anything um i mean it happened what did it happen in it happened in 2004 04 and then it happened in 2013 2013 auburn was unranked unranked exactly when auburn is when auburn that's that's and that's part of the reason i think we're gonna be good right and and so realistically speaking i think we will lose either one of well really if I'm saying that we're going to win the SEC West, we're going to beat every single SEC West team. So that means we would probably lose to Georgia, but we would beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa because we would have to yeah. to win the SEC West the, because Alabama will more than likely be undefeated up until that point. So the only the only thing, the only argument that I have against that is Auburn fans do tend to look at the 2004 season, but you also got to remember. So Auburn was preseason ranked number one. In 03. Right, right. So and, and and fell apart. And almost that entire roster came back in 04. Mm-hmm. That team was stacked. Stacked. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. Very, very stacked. Great. You had you had you had, you had Jason player. Campbell at quarterback. You had Carnell and Ronnie. You had a load of wide receivers. Defense was sick. That team was loaded. And they but they were also ranked. They weren't ranked very high. Right. But a lot of that was because they fell on their face in 03. And so a lot of it was like, well, they can't get it done. Well, they got it done. Um, 2013 was, you know, you looked at the roster, had a lot of really good guys, but I don't think that people realized how dynamic Nick Marshall was going to be. I don't think that Auburn has that dynamic player of a Nick Marshall. Hey, but you pick Auburn fans will look at, you know, one or two seasons that kind of broke the trend of, uh, you know, Auburn was, Picked to be bad, and they, mm-hmm. uh, you know, surpass expectations. But if you really look at everything from, I, I look at it from '98 till now because that's when I started following Auburn right, football. Right. With 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 the exception of a couple of years here and there, Auburn usually plays right into the expectations. Now yeah. they're now O three is an anomaly because they were super hyped and they didn't even score a touchdown until their third game of the year. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was the opposite. Super hype, and you and you fall off. Mm-hmm. With the exception of those couple of years, Auburn normally plays right in to where yeah. they're kind of predicted. I, I think I was thinking about this earlier. The team that this kind of reminds me of is 09, the year before we got Cam. It, you know, it was I think Chris Todd was the starter. Right. You know, you had a lot of kind of. You know, you, you kind of knew about him a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, 
you know, just in, in a lot of different positions, you had some unproven guys that kind of stepped up. And I think we went eight and five that year. I mean, I think that's probably a reasonable expectation for this team. If you know, if we take sure. a, if we take the bold predictions out of right, right, whatever right. we're all thinking, I like think, the realistic, I think the realistic yeah. expectation for this team. I, I think an eight and five season. I would be. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be over the moon about it, but I'd be happy with it. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I, while I think like this overall roster is down, I don't think it's in the despair levels of 2011 and 2012, the, the two years no. post-CAM that no. basically cost Gene Chizik his job, you yeah. saw an Auburn team just getting absolutely smoked. Yeah. And see, that's the thing and, about and last year. We never got – nobody blew Auburn no. up. I think what I'm banking on more this year is Coach Harson getting that buy-in. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm telling the you. The guys that didn't want to be here, they're not here anymore. You know, you got guys that came back that didn't have to come back. He's got the uh, coaching staff that you know, he needs He's got now. the people he's he wants. He doesn't guys. have the exact players he wants, maybe oh. for what he wants to do, but it seems he's molding some of the guys that were there into his type of guys, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I just think that you'll get – you'll have a team every week that plays hard for that guy, and, and that makes a big difference. You start the season with five home games. You get a chance to get some momentum. You know, I think I think they can kind of parlay that if they can if they can win that Penn State game if they can get out of that game three and zero I think these guys will really really start yeah, believing in I agree in what you got going and you know after that anything's possible. We've got uh, just a couple of minutes left here in the hour. Make one quick point, Tom. Well, I, I just looking at the schedule last year, uh, the the most lopsided loss was the Georgia game, thirty four to ten. Uh, and then you got beat twenty to three by Texas A and M. Your other losses were pretty nip and tuck. Uh, 43-34 against Mississippi State, and that was a game Auburn had it, had it in control, and they just uh, let Mississippi State come back on them. Right, uh, twenty-one to seventeen at South Carolina. Should have never lost that one, but you know, but it was still three picks, quarterback yep, play. three picks, yep. uh, and then twenty-four twenty-two to Alabama. You know, and then seventeen to thirteen in your bowl game, quarterback play, uh, and then of course, oh, the other loss was at Penn State, which Auburn had a chance to win that yes. one, and inexplicably yeah, decided not, to not throw a, a stupid not fade pattern play calling that one was sure definitely play calling I mean, you, you throw you throw a fade pattern on fourth down to one of the shortest men on the field What's, it's like, like here i mean what the hell are you thinking exactly here's what we'll leave you with just a little bit ago pete thamel of espn puts out the presidents and chancellors who make up the college football playoffs board of managers held a brief discussion on monday about major college football operating on a governance structure outside of the NCAA. They will meet once again. It looks like we will have a new governing body, potentially, of college football. So we'll have more things to react to as the show continues on here uh, throughout the rest of today and throughout the rest of this week. 17 days away from college football with the Auburn Tigers and the Alabama Crimson Tide. We have been covering the bases with our good pal Eric McDay. Thanks for coming by, man. Thanks for having me. we got to do this again sometime soon, all right? 100%. Looking forward to that. Visit drivewitheric.com for all of your insurance needs. Tom and Ken, we still got one hour left to go. Oh, yeah. That's right. we still got fuel in the tank. We'll say farewell to Eric here, uh, but we'll keep moving forward here on Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. The end of hour number two is here alongside Cam Berry and Tom Peavy. My name is J.J. Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling.
two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Hour number three getting underway of Sports Call today. You're not JJ. I'm not JJ. (laughs) Strangers. I am Ryan LaVoy taking over for JJ here in the third and final hour. Heard you boys talking a little bit in hour number two with Eric McDade of State Farm. Good to see him in the studio again. Y'all were talking some balls, some bold predictions with Auburn football. But uh, over this final hour, we will talk Auburn and Alabama football and do our final team previews for the Southeastern Conference of 2022. Uh, As mentioned in hour number two, did some bold predictions. I completely missed hour number one. I was out of the office doing, taking care of some business. So, uh, glad to be with everyone, though, for the third and final final hour. And uh, you can just consider me, as a left-handed guy, consider me A.J. Minter uh, for this final hour of subbing uh, for J.J. But um, Lefties are awesome. Well, what, you, you, you missed our Thunder Chickens talk. Uh, you, had, you had you a good night. You did. Thank you. Um, I've been one of those they just flat-out dropped, but a couple of those got pretty deep. Yeah. And they, uh, I think one landed near the mm-hmm. warning track. It did. I honestly didn't look. I didn't stare at them because I, I kind of rounded the base and just kind of like looked and then kind of looked at the base runner and looked back. So I didn't see where they ultimately ended up. But uh, man, we were so close last night. Yeah. The, so close. The, the one that the one that you hit that you said hit like at the warning track. I thought was gone. Like from from watching at the dugout when you yeah. hit it and the trajectory. Uh-huh. I I was I seriously I was like holy crap. That that's leaving the park, huh. and I mean it landed just short. Um, is it a little different from right to center, or, or is it the same it's distance? Same, same, same. distance. Okay. Yeah, they, that makes me feel better. I didn't want you to say like, "Hey, it's actually 15 feet shorter down the line," because that would have made a difference. <laughs> yeah, um, I think those fields are. I think the the dimensions are exactly the okay. same all the way around. Uh, off the bat, I felt I made great contact. I felt I got under it. I really felt like I barreled. Even the one that was more of a pop-up that they just dropped halfway in the outfield. Yeah, right. I felt like I barreled everything last night. It's just to varying degrees of elevation. <laughs> um, but we hit really well last yeah, night. That, even a couple of the time. I'll tell you what, scoring 10 runs. I know this is what the people came to listen for for hour number three. But um, <laughs> You haven't had a chance to talk about it. So. Um there was a couple plays that that left fielder made on some oh people my last dude, night. Oh, my Lord. That, yeah, the, most of their team was not expert fielders, but right. that guy saved multiple runs multiple times. Yeah. He had, like, three diving plays uh, that uh, hurt us. So, I, that, it was fun to be in a competitive yeah. game last night, though. The, the, the one thing, uh, bragging on myself, that my first hit, uh, my double. Got over his head. Well, that was the thing. So, 
I I have noticed that when I come to the plate, I guess they move in. Yes, they yeah. they well I'm like why? They, well, because I'm I'm the old guy with a beer belly, and they're like, oh, this guy's not going to be able to hit the ball. But you so, tend to hit for power. I I try to hit for placement mostly, but yeah. I've got power. Uh, and we mentioned about the way the guy was pitching. He was not putting a lot of loft on the ball, so they were coming in a little more direct. And the one that he threw me was like a lollipop for me, and I hammered it. And the first thing that I remember is as soon as it left the bat, I saw those guys turn and start sprinting back. And I was like, oh, I got that one. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I just immediately watched those dudes turn and start sprinting towards the fence. And I'm like, holy crap. Well, you I know, got, got I got the hold of that one. I'm sure they thought like we did for that one win team that we played last week. That when you see someone with such a bad record, you just automatically assume no one's going to hit the ball hard. Right. And uh, for us, you know, like we have had so many difficulties scoring runs, but we've had three or four people that I feel like all year long have hit the ball hard. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and for whatever reason, instead of three or four last night, it was six or seven people that that felt yeah. like. Cam Barry had huh. a perfect night. He was three for three. I think he had a double, scored yeah. a couple runs. Cam, you were awesome last night. Everyone here, yeah. I think, combined, because, Tom, you had two hits and a walk. Two hits and a walk, yeah. Cam had three hits. I had three hits. I was technically on four times, but one's an error, so we just call it three hits. Right. So we got eight hits between three of us yeah. on the show right now. Well, this and, is a, that's a good that's a good total. Yeah. Well, and and I mentioned uh, when we were having our Thunder Chickens discussion is Cam was three for three, but they were not like little dinky shots that just no. kind of fell into no Liners man's land the middle. or or things that just kind of squeaked through the hole. Cam was hammering the pee out of the softball yeah. last night, and we haven't seen that from Cam. Yeah. But last night, dude was making some contact. I he, mean, those were some hard-hit balls. He, Cam told me a couple weeks ago um, that, bro, I'm just not going to hit when we get to the playoffs. I'm just I'm just going to be a pinch runner and play <laughs> the outfield once we get the playoffs. You earned a spot in the starting lineup. That's so <laughs> what you did for next week with those three hits. Um, but so, yeah, had a lot of fun last night. It was a heartbreaking loss, uh, but everyone contributed. Everyone played well, and – Admittedly, we got to play Moe's Barbecue, so we played uh, the second game last week, got thumped. Yeah. So we played the playoffs last year, got thumped. Well, they're good. I mean, they're they, good. They, they know where to place the ball. Well, I mean, they're, they're extremely whole, quality. Their team, whole yeah. team are their whole team is made up of former baseball players. I mean, they they are they all have baseball experience. Guys that played in wooden bat leagues. And yeah. Stuff. I mean, we're talking about. I was talking with it. Yeah. Uh, talking about about it with Andrew McGill and those guys. Some of those guys played in the wooden bat leagues in Columbus in the past. Yeah. They were telling me. Yeah. So, well, geez, well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's one of the guys on their team who I played. He was uh-huh. on my wood bat baseball team when I the league that was here in Auburn. Auburn. Uh huh. Um, they have a guy that played in that wood bat league with me. Uh, I was on the same team with him. So uh, I'm familiar with those guys. They've they're all experienced guys. I mean, they've also Moe's Barbecue has had a softball team for a long time. I mean, they've won championships. They're they're just a really really good team. They hit the mess out of the ball. I mean, that's why they they were up sixteen to nothing on us at the at the top of the first the last time and we played them. They were mad that oh, they, they lost just, the game before. Yeah, I mean those those dudes so just, just mash. Yeah. They they almost everybody on that team has the ability to hit it out of the park. Yeah, and yet when they played us, they decided they. I don't think they hit a single home run. They decided no, they to play line drive with between right center and left. Sure, center they just and, they just hit them to the gaps to the and, fence. You know, Cam suggested he said, "Why don't we move up?" I said, "Cam, well, the minute we do, they're gonna they're they're, they're gonna, gonna readjust and try and hit them over our head." Yeah. And 
I don't know what you do with a team like that. I mean, I know there's more talented fielders than, than us, but I mean, it's the, the thing the thing that you have to do so against tough. the thing that you have to do against a team like that. And we watched them when they when they lost that game. You just have to keep. You have to match their runs. They're going to score. They're going to score. They're, 10, they are. Runs, they're going to yeah. score ten plus. Or they may score sixteen in the first inning. That's what teams like that do in slow pitch softballs. Yeah. They they score twenty some odd runs. You have to be able to have an offense to keep up with that, and then you get them where they line one at you, and you and you get them out. Yeah, you have to have an offense to keep up with it. We were, we were just mentioning uh, before the show there was a game last night between uh, it was like Anchor Roofing and the team that beat Mose. Um, uh-huh. I can't I don't remember. remember either. Long uh, ballers or I don't know. No, um, it doesn't. It, anyway, it, yeah, it, it was a twenty something to twenty something game. Good lord. You know, but that to be yeah. to to compete in those games, you have to be able to match yeah. that. Uh, I mean, that's just the nature of slow pitch softball. You yeah. have to have the offense to keep up with these teams that can score twenty runs. Sure, and, and you know, for us, I we had a couple plays we didn't make last night. I don't think there was any egregious errors when we played Mo's Barbecue. We had a couple egregious errors, yeah. and, and especially teams like that. That's you're you're going to wait four or five more batters before you get another chance to right. make a play on the ball. Yeah, so. if you if you if you get a if you get a freebie to make a play, you yeah. got to be able to make the play against them, so or they'll take advantage of it. We'll see what happens next week. Proud of the effort last night, though. We oh. played our best game of the season and uh, easily ah. be a part of it. Glad to feel some pain. Glad to feel some heartbreak. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's had true, some nerves go feel anything. The I, yeah. There was definitely some nerves at that last inning. It's like, oh my gosh, we have a chance to win this game. Yeah. And, uh, and then it started happening. It was like, like I was, dude, we we were down. We had the winning seven, and then we scored three runs. Yeah, had I, the winning run at first. Yeah, and and then I pinched ran for Wilson, put me on first, and then I think somebody hit a <laughs> double that sent me to third. Me, that was you. You so you hit a double that yeah. that sent me to third, and then Noah got out. He flew out the center. Yep. And then Matt got out because we already we I think yeah we had, Matt and we had some well we had some hits and then Matt right. popped one out. Austin had walked to make it first and second when it was eleven to ten. Yeah, um, man, it was close. Oh, so it was close. close, man. And I was on I was in the on deck circle waiting to come up. I mean, yeah. and and, and did, Matt had hit the ball hard. Matt right? had that's hit, the thing is he yeah, had a couple, had he a, got robbed one of the times by yes. that left fielder uh, yeah. on one of the diving catches and I think he had a hit up the middle as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, I had. I had the mentality sitting there on the on deck circle. I had the absolute mentality that I'm going to win this game for uh-huh. us. I, I was ready. I wanted a chance to get to the plate because I was absolutely 100% convinced that I was going to get us a hit to walk that game off. Van was Van was mad. He was beating himself up like crazy because he was like, yeah. man, he was like, I could. He was like, I thought that homer was gone, dude. He was like, I thought it was gone. <laughs> he was like, I, I just. He was like, I could have tied the game up, and I was like, yeah, that's that's tough, but. It, we hey, played, we it's not well. nice to be in a competitive game yeah, and not game not season. get uh, yeah not get run ruled in four innings. So let's talk a little. Let's uh, change things up a little bit. There we go for the people. Uh, let's uh, let's get back people. to Auburn football. We will talk Alabama on the other side of this break. So we'll start kind of we'll kind of finish up with Auburn here because that was being talked about a lot in the four o'clock hour. You guys gave some bold predictions. I will refrain from doing the same. I no, do not, I do boo. not have a bold prediction for you. Uh, I am Switzerland. I play it by the middle. I, I just I I don't have anything bold for everyone. But when you look at this team, and obviously a lot's been made about quarterbacks, 
And look, we talk Auburn every day, so so some of this is just rehashing, th- or a lot, really all of this is just rehashing things we've talked about at some point in time. But I, I, when you look at the schedule and you start to think about, let, let's assume Auburn gets, I don't know, decent quarterback play, quarterback play that is somewhere near the Bo Nix level of last year. I'm not going to say at the Bo Nix level, but better than what we saw out of T.J. Finley in the last three games or so, yet falling maybe just short of Bo Nix. Let's assume you get that quarterback play. What does that Auburn team look like record-wise at that point? Because obviously if it plays poorly, if it it gets the quarterback play that T.J. Finley had last year or maybe the worst version of Zach Calzada at A&M, whatever those versions are, obviously – you're looking at your worst case scenario for Auburn, um, but I don't want to assume that someone, whoever the quarterback is, will just go and exceed Bo Nix either. Bo Nix right, was right. clearly better than what we saw out of T.J. Finley at the end of last season. So if you get something in between those two things, what does that look like in your opinion? Well, if we get if we get just Bo Nix level right then and there, Bo Nix level equivalent play, I think with this talent with this team. That's probably a nine or ten win season, you know. Real, realis- realistically speaking, especially if you want to just take from what happened last year and think about it and moving forward. If you if you put Bo, I mean, how? Let's talk about it like Bo, Bo Nix was on this team. Let's talk about it like Bo was our quarterback. Okay. What would you What would you think that if Bo was our quarterback, if we had no questions about who our starting quarterback was going to be, Bo Nix, one hundred ten percent? What is the win total for this team? That's a good question. That's a better question than I asked. Um, and, and and to answer that, honestly, I still think, even with Bo Nix on here, I still think an eight-win season is a – Eight? Yeah. I think, you can sque- I think you can squeak nine in, but what I'm looking at is the overall lack of talent. If you've got Bo Nix in there, you've got, a, you've got a good quarterback. And if you've got Tank Bigsby in there and Jarquez, you've got, a, you've got a hell of a punch right there between your quarterback and your running back. However, Bo Nix is not lining up to run routes. For sure. You don't have that. Right, right. Bo Nix is not lined up on that offensive line trying to block. Also true. And I still think that that's going to be a sore, a sore spot for Auburn just because of the, 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 the downfalls in the recruiting and the fact that these guys, while they are veterans, have never really been very good. Right, right, right. So – you can have you can have an all star quarterback back there, but if you don't have if you don't have studs to throw it to, and if you don't have a line that can give you enough protection, again, like I said, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm stacking the line and I'm daring yeah, yeah, yeah. I am daring you to throw the ball. Even if even if Bo Nix is the quarterback, same, same even if thing. Bo, even if Bo Nix is the quarterback, because, again, because I because as a defensive coordinator, I'm looking at at what Auburn has, and I as a defensive coordinator, I'm saying. We know we can get pressure on the quarterback because their offensive line is is not good. Right. So I know we can get pressure in passing situations. Second of all, they don't have a top star receiver that we're scared of. So therefore, we don't have to double anybody. We can put we can go man to man on these guys, and we're not afraid of getting beat by them. Fair, fair. And but so so that's I why think... that's why I say even with Bo Nix, I still think this is an eight win team just because, and maybe slip in a nine. I, but. I just, I just I'm, I think, I'm afraid of the just the overall lack of talent on offense is going to be a downfall for Auburn. Right. I I I just think that this wide receiver room 
is better than last year's. Yeah. I, I think it's it's better than last year's. I think it's going to be better coached than last year's. I think we can all agree that that that, that I, I that I killer like sure. that that hire is big time because he was a he was he played in the NFL. He was an NFL coach. Now he's now he's coming to Auburn and he's just going to be developing wide receivers. I mean, sure, come on. That I mean, yeah. that's something that is going to be such a big change. Right. That's going to just overall bring the talent level for those receivers up i i, I think he's going to do wonders and, for the receiver room yeah and, and that and that's that's great and i and i hope for auburn's case i hope that's what happens i hope that these guys are able to take that next step i'm hoping then a guy like coy moore or a guy like shed jackson somebody steps up and is that guy i hope that happens right, right. i really do hope that that happens but right now just for what we know is there without saying this is going to happen, but just knowing what you got right now, you don't have that guy. Now, can you develop one to be that? Sure. And I think that, and I but think right that is now, there. Sure. But right now, preseason, before we've ever seen these guys t- take the field, right now, there is not a wide receiver on that list that you can point at specifically and go, that is the guy that is the guy that if you try to if you try to single cover that guy, he is going to burn you every single time. You don't have that guy right now preseason. Can they can Fair you enough. develop one of those? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can this and offensive line develop into a whole bunch of hog mollies that start crushing people? Sure. But right yeah. now but right now, preseason you don't know that. Right, right, right. Hell, T.J. Finley could win the Dadgum Heisman Trophy. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, I feel you. I feel you. I, I feel you. But just, but just you, what you, what you, just, hope, you don't know. Hope yeah. springs internal within sure. this But just what um, you know you have and what you saw last year and what you have, you, I, you, get, you just have to go off. That's why Auburn is predicted so low. I get it. Is because everybody saw last year, and you've got those same guys that are, have lost five in a row. A lot of those guys are coming back. And then you lost some of your best players. You lose Kobe Hudson. You lose Pegues. You lose some, some really good guys to the transfer portal. Yeah. Kobe, I mean, yes, Kobe was extremely talented. I get that. He, I mean, he didn't even have the most receiving yards. Well, I say he that. Did. He did. He yeah. did. He did. Um, 44 receptions, 580 yards. Obviously, that's not good. You want to have a 1,000-yard receiver on your team. Um, I, Which Auburn has not had, right, by the way, in a and very long time. Auburn has not had because, you know, how just kind of how we've recruited receivers and how that's just kind of gone down. I get it. But, again, I, I, I'm hopeful maybe that it is. Maybe that's just a part of me being the Auburn fan that I am that the receiver room is going to improve drastically. The drops are going to go down. The the dynamic with how we're, they're going to be used as a whole <coughs> is going to be completely different just based off the play calling that we're going to have. You know, we're going to be a new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. They are guys that, that Harson, you know, has used definitely in the past at Boise that he's won with at Boise, right? Sure. So, I, I mean, I, I feel like that mean, that that means that he trusts them. Right. Yeah. So I have faith in this staff that they can bring the most out of these players. But I I think with like like the original question I'm saying that I that I asked, if Bo Nix was our quarterback, I would say that this is for sure a nine win team 
maybe a 10-win team because you probably lose to to Georgia and Bama still. Right. But the the quarterback play, because it is so important, and you're, you're right, the offensive line, not great, but we know that Bo can kind of scramble out of that. He has, he did, for three years. Sure. Well, he was running for his <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, he was running for his life for three years, and, yeah. and he made it work, right? He's done He's done some pretty great things, you know, um, and he's and he's learned a lot and experienced a lot. I mean, if he had if he had an offensive line, that would be new to him, you know. Sure. So he, I mean, I, I think that we would have very solid play if if Bo were at quarterback. So, the, and and the one if we can get to that from either of these two guys, just just Bo Nix play, yeah, and, and, nine ten wins. And so the one area that I will agree with you there uh, is you know obviously. You know, Bo didn't get to play the the entire season last year due to injury. Um, but the system, <clears throat> excuse me, the system fit Bo a lot better for yeah. what he wanted to do than what the Malzahn system did, yeah. which was a lot of the single reads, yeah. yep. single reads um, as far as like reading the field of, mm-hmm. of where you're going to throw the ball. There's a lot of single reads. A lot of 50-50 balls, things like that. The Malzahn offense handicapped Bo. Right. This this offense gave him the chance to look at the entire field, diagnose what was happening, and I think he was able to make those decisions. So, in your defense, I could see if Bo was here that you have an uptick in win. In that offense? Oh, come on. Like, I, I, I can see it. Yeah. But like I said, I'm, I'm still just, I'm, I'm weary of the offensive line and weary of wide receivers, but. You know, that's kind of looking at, at what you got right now because Bo Nix was the type of guy that could make stuff happen. When when things broke down, right. he was the guy that could, could make, make it happen. Yeah. We haven't seen that a lot from T.J. Finley. even though even Outside though, of the Georgia State game. Outside of the, uh, the the last play of the Georgia State game or the, the touchdown in Georgia State, yep. he pulled a Bo Nix right there. Yes. and you know, But overall, you didn't see that out of T.J. He's not the guy that's going to do that. He's he's that big seven. Six, I almost said seven foot. He's the big. He's Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. yeah, right. He's the big. He's six seven, two hundred and fifty yeah. pounds. He, he's, he's built gonna stand in that pocket. He's built more like Cam Newton. Yes. Than Bo Nix. Just can't move as well. He's just he's not that mobile. Yeah. Uh, but Calzada's not either. If Calzada's there, Calzada's not a very mobile quarterback. Again, that's not really what Harson and this staff are looking no. for as far as that system. They don't need the mobility out I, of your quarterback. They want I a guy like, to sit in the pocket, yeah. look at the field, diagnose what's happening out there in front of them. It, well, actually, even pre-snap. I mean, that's that's one of the big things in that. In this offense yeah. is you've got to be able to make these pre-snap reads and see what's going on and pre-snap changes and different things like that. So they're not necessarily looking for that quarterback that is mobile, yeah. quote-unquote, mobile quarterback. They need a guy that can get out of trouble and not just sit yes. back there and get sacked. See, that's what I was going to say. They're looking for a quarterback who can sit sit in the back, sit in the pocket, read everything, can tear you, pick you apart if right. necessary, but can also use his legs Justin Herbert-esque right. in the sense of that. That's kind of where I would think, which, which I mean, Holden Gurner is kind of that type where he can sit in the pocket. He's mainly pro style, but right. he can also use his legs to get yeah. out of any type of situation. Um, and that's kind of why from – you know what we kind of had heard initially was that Harson loved him so much right. was because he is supposed to be the perfect fit for his offense. Yeah. So that's really the guy that obviously we are all kind of waiting on to yeah. develop and be right and be the guy. It's just freshman year. Obviously we're not expecting right. that. I mean, and you don't want to put him out into the fire like this anyway. No. So 
just kind of right now the quarterback that we're waiting for is is just kind of patchwork it's just it's just we're waiting on it and and it's going to be frustrating because even if we don't have a very good team and say we do win six seven games more than likely brian harson will not be the coach next year and so that's 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 what and then and then what do we do then because who do we bring in to replace him and then all the play and then we just go through exactly what we just went through with Malzahn, right? Or right. leaving Malzahn and then bringing in Harson. And then it's a whole new thing and another new cycle that's going to set us back another two or three years that we can't, you know, obviously the transfer portal will help you a little bit, but you just need to give him a little bit more time just to be able to build a program that he's going to want to be able to build. Sure. To put together, it's, you know, give him give him those 4 years and see what he does with those 4 years and then after that you can really evaluate how he is as a quality coach. You can't do that after year one, after year sure. two. It's just not fair. Right. You can't expect the man to immediately build a, a championship program in two seasons. Yeah. It's just it's just not realistic. It's just not. Well, so the the one thing that I want to say about this team in particular is one thing that I look at, it's it, the the probability of the extremes. So Right. What, what is more what is more with this team with what we know about this team or really what we don't know about this team especially when it comes to quarterback mm-hmm. or wide receiver what is more likely what is it more likely that auburn you uh did you have the bold prediction auburn wins the west yeah okay I did. um what is more likely with this team that auburn just surpasses all these expectations wins the west has just an incredible year or what is more likely that they go over in the SEC and a loss to Penn State? I think I think the more likelihood of Auburn is an over in SEC play. I think that's more likely. I don't think that happens. Mm-hmm. All right, now don't get me wrong. Yeah, because we're not going to lose. You're saying just against the West because we're not going to lose in Missouri. Right, but I, I'm just saying. <clears throat> well, you yeah. you say you say, you say that, that, but you but. say that, but I look at the schedule last year and I was like. At South Carolina, it's like, we're going to beat South Carolina. We're not going to lose to South If Come we on. have Bo, we probably like, do beat South it's Carolina. It's like, we're not going to lose to South Well, true. But, but again, I mean, injuries play a factor in things. You, you don't, you never for sure, know. For sure. But, I, but yeah, I mean, you look at South Carolina, and you're like, Auburn's not going to lose that one. Well, they did. So, you look at the Missouri game, you're like, oh, they're not going to lose that one. Well, they may. Um some of those, some of those teams that Auburn went over in the SEC under Chiswick and all. I mean, there, there were some SEC games on there that you're like, okay, well, we can win that one. It wasn't like your whole SEC schedule was just just unbelievable gauntlet. I mean, there were teams on there like Auburn's going to win that one, and they didn't. So that's why I'm saying the more likely of extremes because that would be extreme. That I mean, that that is right. that is. That is Gene Chizik era doldrums of a team if you go over. And so I, I think on the full extreme spectrum, I think that's more likely than Auburn winning the West. That's fair. Well, we will we will see soon enough, shall we? It's gonna be somewhere in the yeah, middle. It's, it's gonna not, be it's probably. not gonna be either of those extremes. It'll be somewhere in that middle, but we will see. It's uh, we will obviously be continuing to talk a lot more about the uh, about Auburn. I'm such a Debbie Downer. <laughs> Look, you got bold prediction. Got they the lose to San Jose State. More likely to go over in the SEC. Man, there's always an equal and opposite reaction. I, I suck today. No, you're fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, on the other side of this break, as promised, we will preview Alabama and start to wrap things up here on the Wednesday edition of Sports Call. 
of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. I'm Ryan LaVoy filling in for J.J. Jackson here in the third and final hour. I've got Tom Peavy and Cam Berry with me here. Just spent some time previewing Auburn. And so we kind of do that each and every day to a degree, but uh, yeah. a little more concentrated that time. Now, uh, with about 10, 15 minutes left in the show, going to preview the arch nemesis <laughs> of the Auburn Tigers. And, and we only need about 15 minutes because here's the thing. They're good. They're good. They're really, really good. Their ceiling is high. Their floor is high. They're really really good. I mean, what more can you say? Ceiling is the roof, as some have said before. (laughs) Um, So Alabama comes in this year. Uh, They have an abnormal amount of defensive players returning. Like It feels like every year that Alabama exists, they have a million draft picks, which they did last year, but that usually depletes the defense more than the offense, or at least it did for a long time. And now these last four or five years, or last three or four years, it's kind of shifted to where not where the defense isn't talented, but where the offense is now producing these really good wide receivers. It's producing great quarterbacks as well into the NFL. The problem is for everyone playing Alabama, yes, it had several draft picks again. However, its quarterback is back and Bryce Young. And the best player, at least best defensive player in college football is back. The leading four tacklers for the tight are back. The leading two sack guys are back. Uh, the sack guys, of course, being Will Anderson, who had 17 and a half last oh, man. year. That's just uh, amazing. And then Dallas Turner, who had eight and a half. And, of course, Henry Toa Toa is back. DeMarco Helms. Jordan, Jordan Battle. Battle. Have fun, <sighs> people. I, uh, so I, let, me, let me start with this question, actually. For evaluating Alabama, because I just like they're good everywhere. I don't, I, I don't know if there's a place where they would struggle. Like, what are the games that you look at as the potential one loss? Because for as good as Alabama is, there's only been a couple of times where they've truly where they've gone undefeated, and even in years when they win national titles, they still trip up at some point. So if they trip up, and I'm not even guarantee you that they trip up, they very well might go 12 and 0. Georgia did it in the regular season last year. Yeah. Um, if they were to trip up. Who, who, who are those candidates to be able to beat Alabama this year? Uh, yeah, I mean, Auburn's always up there. It's just yeah, because of the impact of the game. Yeah, yes. but not in Tuscaloosa. Maybe not in Tuscaloosa. Just, maybe just, in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Guess what? I, I'm just going to still say Auburn. If, if, if that game was here in Auburn, I, yes. I always give Auburn oh, a chance yeah. against Alabama in Jordan-Hare, but in Tuscaloosa, Auburn's just not had a whole lot of luck in Tuscaloosa, and yeah. they've usually huh. been some pretty bad losses. Yeah. Um, they haven't been great. Uh, you know, at Texas might be that, so. That's the one that I yeah. was looking at. It's early in the season, yep. so might you not know, have their groove yet. Right, you're, you're you're still trying to gel now. Alabama has always, over the last several years, everybody marks one of those games 
at the beginning for Alabama is like, hey, this is the one. Well, they usually just blow whoever that right, is out. Right. Remember, like, what, it was a couple of years ago they played Miami, and everybody was oh like. Oh, my gosh, and, I do remember that. Yeah, and was every, it my, yeah, it was Miami. Yeah, and everybody's like, hey, watch them. out for this. Breaks off. Miami, of Miami might actually be able to take down the tide. And, no, they just dominated them. Uh, so, yeah, at Texas. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, just you know, because it's not a neutral site. Right. Um. Sarkeesian, you know. Sure. We'll, we'll um, see. And, and Texas A&M has yeah. been reloading. But, you know, that Texas is one of those, again, to me, they're kind of like A&M. It's like, prove it to me. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you're supposed to be having all these stud players. Viewers, they do have a very, very quality running back, Bijan uh, sure. Robinson. So, um, I, I think yeah, I early, mean, could be there. I think early on that could be one that trips them up. Now, when you start looking down through the season, uh, you know, I, I, I'm confident in Alabama at home. Uh, I think that would just be crazy upset. I mean, when you look at who they – I mean, they got Vanderbilt is their cross-conference. Boom. Texas A&M, they get them in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, that's going to be a beat down just because of what happened in the offseason. Well, (laughs) that and and the fact that A&M beat them last year, I think Bama's got got something to prove. Um, Mississippi State at home is no big deal than Austin Peay and Auburn. So, I I don't see them losing any at home. you know, at Tennessee, because Tennessee is I mean, trying they're to trying. they're trying to get back up there. Hendon Hooker, pretty solid. Yeah, they do have a good offense. They've got a good offense, and and if it's one of those games where that Tennessee crowd really gets, gets into it, gets yeah. into it, and gets going, that could be a dangerous one for Alabama. Kind of, kind of like at Texas A and M. You know, on paper, Alabama is not supposed to lose that game, but you get a little bit of momentum, you mm-hmm. get that that home field advantage on your side. So out of all of come out and smack him in the mouth if you're going to sure. do it. Uh, out of all those, I think the most dangerous would be at Tennessee. There in the middle of the year, I we say at Texas. I honestly think Bama goes in there and just beats Probably. the break. I think they just beat the brakes off of Texas. It could go. You never, it know. Could, it, you never know. It could go different, you know. but it, but traditionally or it, it, historically over the last several years, Bama does not struggle in those early season games. They go in there and mop the floor with whoever it is, whether it be at home, on the road, or neutral site. They just they hammer they down. Win. So it, it, that's a could be, but I honestly I think that at Tennessee game could be the one that's could get a little testy uh, if you're an Alabama fan. So uh, for me, real quick, and then we'll have Anthony on our Auburn Bank fun line. Um, I kind of look at it. You know, everyone's going to point to A and M as being such a big game. Okay, I think. Alabama has no problems there. I think you look at um, you look at someone like Tennessee. I've just kind of sworn off Tennessee beating Nick Saban and Alabama. I just I just Arkansas I refuse might be to do too. it. It's Arkansas. Yeah. You hit right there. Now that Kim. I'm looking at it, it's Arkansas for me. That if it's going to happen, uh, that is when I actually think it will happen because that A and M game is next, and the Tennessee game is after that. The focus will be. Look, they don't overlook anyone, but A&M and Tennessee are the games that everyone's saying could be the real possibilities. Arkansas played them very respectably last year. They lost by a touchdown. They were down two touchdowns, most of it, if I recall, but they were hanging, Um, and it is at Arkansas. So, again, it happens most years that they still lose a game. That uh, is not a guarantee for sure, but – you just kind of have to – it's a moving target, a couple teams that have a shot at them. For the record, I think this team is winning the SEC this year. I think, I think, they're, I, I think they're winning the I think they're winning year. the national title this year. I agree yeah. with Tom. Uh, I think Ohio State will be the, the most likely team to contend with them. 
in my opinion. But I do think Alabama will be better than Georgia this year. I do think they will beat them in Atlanta for the SEC title. Um, I, I'm undecided. I will finalize picks if Georgia is undefeated coming that game and therefore still makes the Final Four anyway. Uh, but I do think Bama, whether 11-1 or 12-0, wins the SEC title, does go on uh, to win the national title. Yeah. All right. Because I think I, I, I'm i just kind of looking at, you know, who you think could be in that Final Four. I mean, everybody seems really hype on Utah. And, and I could, for some yeah. reason, I, I, could see, I could see it being a Bama versus Utah in that first game and then Bama versus Ohio State for the title. Sure. Sure. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine. I have time for one more call on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Anthony from Auburn. Anthony joins us. Anthony, how are you doing? Hey guys, I'm doing great. And you guys doing well. I can tell you who's gonna be in that final four, but before I tell you, I wanna ask you guys a question. Yes. Uh that way up kid that was at Beauregard a few years ago that was Mr. Football ran for two thousand gazillion yards or four thousand gazillion yards. Where where is he now? Uh, Ladamian Webb, I believe, is who you're talking about. Ladanian, I, I thought it was Ladarius. Or Ladanian? Uh, yeah, that right. Webb. Yeah, um, Ladamian Webb. I know he was at Florida State. I do not know if he's still at Florida State. I, I'm going to look it up here, uh, but I don't know off the top of my head. Because I thought in the uh, the COVID season that I saw him uh, a few plays against Jacksonville State when they played a uh, a game there, and Jacksonville almost pulled it off, but kind of messed up at the end there, but. I thought I saw him uh, make a few runs Look, in, and I just kind of lost track of him. LaDamian Webb is now at South Alabama. He is a 5'7", 208 junior running back for South Alabama. Is that old Livingston? Or? South Alabama's in Mobile. That used to be Livingston. No, okay, that's in Mobile. Okay, okay. You're thinking of West Alabama. Yeah, okay, I was thinking of West Alabama. That's what I'm thinking. So that's where he is now, huh? Yes, South Alabama Jaguars. Oh, I wonder. Well, I guess he should be able to start there, I would assume. Yeah, I'm not familiar. I'll have to I'll have to dig deep into it, but uh, you'd figure someone that played a little bit at Florida State would have a great opportunity to play a lot at South Alabama. As far as that Final Four go, I'm going to go ahead and get that picture in order for you where you won't be confused. Okay. No particular, no particular order. It's going to be Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and the Ohio State University. That's it. Ain't nobody else going but those four teams. Ain't no need to think about nothing else. Anything else would just be nonsense. I guarantee you. <laughs> All right, your guarantee. All right, those All are the four. Right. Look, I I don't think anything there is surprising, and I'm not saying it won't be those four. It just I don't know. The the, the thing I would question again is you've got to make sure Georgia's undefeated because if Georgia loses a con loses a game in the regular season and then loses to Alabama in the SEC title game at two losses, they're probably not in. Well, let's not try to get too much with a calculator and math and all that kind of stuff. Okay. I'm just going to tell you the truth. That's just what it's going to be some kind of way. That is all to it. There ain't no sure. other way to look. Sure. So, I, I can buy it. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying, that, yeah, sure. But uh, I guess everybody would be better off once they expand the playoffs, about 16 teams like they're talking about doing, once these super conferences uh, finally get it all lined up. Then uh, they give everybody an opportunity. You could have a three-loss team still make the playoffs. Because you're ranking that top 16 team in the country, so sure. you know I guess that'll make things a whole lot better. But uh, people might as well go ahead and make that a reality. Because if you don't, as long as Georgia and those schools and Alabama recruiting like they're recruiting and coaches are coaching like they're coaching, and uh, that's just where it's gonna be. Ain't nobody else gonna be able to get in there. So might as well just give up on going that route. There you go. Anybody else? All right. Now. Appreciate the phone call, Anthony. Good to have you back on the show. 
Uh, that is Anthony joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. We got to take our final break of the show today. On the other side, the nightly TV guide brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Tweeters. Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Final segment of the show today. It's been a fun one on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Ryan yeah, I've had tons of fun. Yeah, Ryan LaVoy, Canberry, Tom Peavy with you here. Reminder, the high school coaches show. It's that time of year. It's not just college football and pro football coming back. High school football. We're proud to be home of the Borgard Hornets and Smith Station Panthers on our airwaves. Of course, Borgard here on 95.9, Smith Station on 93.9. But coming up in just a couple minutes, Bill Bailey, Walter Northcutt at Wild Wing Cafe in Caps Landing, Opelika. And they'll have all of the coaches getting you set for a full slate of high school football tomorrow night. Smith Station Panthers football on 93.9. And Friday night, the Beauregard Hornets will start their season. So hope to hear from them and many, many more schools around the area on the High School Coaches Show coming up in just a few minutes. But before we get to that, let's do this. Our show is about to end. But we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Tonight, on this Wednesday, Little League World Series, 6 p.m. on ESPN. You've got the WNBA playoffs at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. 6.20 on Bally Sports South. The New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves at 6.20. Braves looking to guarantee the series victory tonight. 7 p.m. on FS1. Didn't even get to talk any Braves baseball today. Yeah, oh. a lot of football today on, on the show. But 7 p.m. at Los Angeles Dodgers and Milwaukee Brewers uh, on FS1. And then one movie pick on Nickelodeon, 6 o'clock. It's Despicable Me. And, of course, they've had a lot of spinoffs and a lot of sequels to Despicable Me. But that's the <laughs> first one, 6 o'clock. The original. On Nickelodeon. But... As Cam said, did not get to talk to the, about the Braves today. Cam was there on Monday. Did you get to talk about that today at all? No, I didn't. The game? Had a I lot didn't. of fun? Yes, that game was so much fun. 13-1 win. Um, and, I mean, just a hit party, really. Absolutely. So, um, you know, got a little rained on, but still worth it. We had a great trip and a great win for us. Just need to keep it going. If we can just split one between DeGrom and Scherzer, I'd be totally happy. That is the voice of Cam Berry. Cam, hope you have a great evening. Yes, sir. You as well. And Tom Peavy, thank you for being here, and thank you for mourning a Thunder Chicken's loss with us. <laughs> Enjoy it. I need to go and doctor on my knee. We will uh, We will see you next week. For Cam Berry, Tom Peavy, and, of course, the host of this show, J.J. Jackson, I'm Ryan LaVoy. We thank all those who tuned in and called in. Enjoy the High School Coaches Show coming up in a few minutes. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>